0: Cradleine Network. Hail, Star Troopers! Conrad here, and welcome to the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. The Star Lordathon took place over July 25 and 26, 2020, and had guests from all over the world. Due to popular demand, I'm releasing it here on the podcast feed in four-issue chunks over the next few weeks. Tune in every Wednesday to hear Conrad and Fox grow progressively more tired as we talk about classic UK comics action. If you want to follow along with the stream visually, I'd heartily recommend checking out our YouTube page, which I'll link in the show notes. And we'll soon have the episodes we're covering today uploaded to it. So you can see all the comics we're talking about, as well as my smiling face. If you'd like to support the show, please check out the Patreon page of our podcast network, Cradleline, at patreon.com/slashcradleline. There's a variety of rewards for pledging, including a ton of yet-to-be-released content and exclusive episodes covering modern 2000 AD. Check it out and enjoy the Star Lordathon! keep watching the skies hail star (sighs) troopers my name is conrad alongside my friend fox this is the 17th hour of the space spinner star lord a thon a live stream where two americans discuss the uk sci-fi comic star lord one issue at a time we've just passed the two-thirds point buddy this is the home stretch This hour, we're covering Star-Lord issue 15, cover date August 19th, 1979. This time, Mind Wars is frying some Owl. The Robusters get a new mission, Strontium Dog gets a new teammate, and Holocaust gets some burgers. Oh, I like burgers. Yeah, it's good times. You can find the comics we're covering today. In Strontium Dog, SD Agency Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Dread Magazine, Issues 408 and 409.
1: Oh, boy. Conrad, we are going to do this comic book right now.
0: Absolutely, buddy. We got a cover here. Flashback to our friend the Timequake. Man,
1: Earth... they are huge.
0: Yeah, an Earth Star Squad is hit by a drone. Don't forget these killer alien jerks, and that's covered by Alberto Salinas. No survivors. This...
1: Is that how big they've always been? Because, man, that's like – that's a big boy. It's that's e- like double Goro size. They're
0: definitely extra tall here because we'll see in the Stargram section this is in stealth-fed propaganda, buddy. Oh, man. There we go. Don't fall for their lies,
1: you fool. <laughs> Take the blue pill.
0: Absolutely. Oh,
1: I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into know. that. I not know I – I don't even know what that means, man. Getting
0: real weird. Let's just forget about it and go to Blueprint 1, Star... Star... No, Mind Wars. That's what it's called.
1: Lion dudes.
0: lion That's right. Bring it back these Lenarthians, the lion dude. Script Alan Hebden, Art Jesus Redondo, lettering Bill Nuttall. Our friend Yosei Tillman has been stunned. That bird would have killed him. And we see his body being drug into these, into the debris of this spaceship graveyard that he finds. Oh, that's up right! In.
1: Into the pile of spaceships. That's yeah. so great.
0: Definitely. Inside, he meets a couple of Linarthian traders, space lion men. These ones are much more, much thinner and more liony than the previous guy we met. Uh, that uh, Zazda guy.
1: Listen. Listen, man, if, if there are two things you can do. The first thing is you could wear a bandana and that does look awesome. Mm. But if you can wear the eye patch, that looks better. Listen, we're getting these strong looks from these boys. Hell yeah, and double bandoliers, by the way.
0: Yes. Yose explains what's up. Um and uh basically uh Listen, these lion dudes, they've been here four years, and the people of this planet use travelers for evil purposes. inside the spaceship graveyard? Yep, hiding out in the spaceship graveyard. But maybe our Denny can help them escape. But meanwhile, our Denny has been bird-hypnotized in the bathtub. Oh, no. And
1: she real nude.
0: Yep. She rises, is teleported a sheet for some reason or another to protect her modesty, her, her human modesty from these
1: birds, I suppose. You know, birds aren't just going to hypnotize you and teleport you and just leave you nude in front of a bunch of aliens. That's true. She goes out to meet the
0: local bosses. and What the, the fuck? Humans drive her sort of to a seaside where there's a big bonfire. And there and she meets the true a, rulers of the planet.
1: A bird moot. I guess that's like a a, a murder? No, because yeah. well, they're vultures, so it's like a... a Carrion swarm. It's a parliament
0: of random birds. <laughs> a parliament. Of it's like a parliament of ravens, I think. Like if there's a bunch of. Not or some bird or like ravens. No, but there's something else. Like maybe it's just a, a behavior. Bird there might be a behavior that birds do that's called a parliament, or maybe that's just from like Sandman. I'm imagining that. It's I real mean, or we something
1: clearly like know that. who the House of Lords are on this rock.
0: Mm, burn, I guess. I don't know. By man.
1: I don't know anything about this shit.
0: Huge block of birds. They scan our Denny's memories or mine for long buried memories. She remembers her old life, her beloved brother. Um, but the birds led by a big buzzard says all she's good for is lifeblood.
1: Oh, all right. That's a uh... psychic birds are weird, man. I don't yeah. like
0: this. They don't got good priorities. They don't notice that she's got the awesome powers. At this point, Yose and the Lenarthians arrive, and we see that the uh, the bird's the masters here. Before it can kill Ardenny, Yosei shoots. And scores. Yeah, listen. Boom goes the dynamite. Oh, man. They try to flee, but soon the birds are upon them. It's bad times, but Yose is sure that Ardenny has
1: it under control. I mean, she does the eyes thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, she sort of comes back to herself and then quickly dives into the water to kind of get her to, to clear her head and stuff like that. And then comes back up with shining eyes to do mind war on these birds. Eyes
1: in the dark.
0: Her mental blast is so powerful the entire universe can feel it. In both Federation and Juggle HQs, both factions know it must be Ardenny so they dispatch war fleets to take her out.
1: I really wanted these birds to just explode.
0: Fuck psychic birds. They are mostly dead, I think. Only one survives, a little eagle flying off. But our lets it go, feeling a sort of a kinship to it because of its murderous weight. And she killed her own brother. Ah <sighs> oh, god. Yeah. Good times. Um, that's enough death for today, she said. Not she says not counting the death she's gonna bring to the juggler when she finds them.
1: No, at least she knows her limit.
0: Yeah, we see her silhouetted against the seashores. You can kind of, you know, see her outline through this blanket she's wearing, or the sheet she's wearing. As both human and juggler war fleets bear down on this world. Next time, we shall seize control from Narutha.
1: Oh, man. Overthrow time. Absolutely. I'm into that. I'm into a coup.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be good. Um yeah fun stuff with mind wars here love a big bird explosion for sure
1: <laughs> I am not into psychic birds but I am into these lion people oh yeah that, they're good too for sure and that takes us to blueprint number 2 robusters hey sure why not let's uh, pack this pipe snap our fingers and make a dude light my pipe for me Ooh, real yes. power chris louder is jack adrian
0: is writing sc- uh Art Carlos Pino lettering Jack Potter KGO Gonsal. He's rich, he's got a pipe, he owns the moon. His name is probably making fun of Star Lord editor Kelvin Gosnell.
1: Oh, come on now, Gosnell's great!
0: Yeah, he's got a film, he's on a film stripping shown to the Robusters by Howard Quartz. <laughs> After some bickering between Rojas and Mechquake, we learn that. While O'Gonso owns almost everything, there's one section of the moon he doesn't own, the Cordelia Mountains, where an independent mining company has given him a hard time, including sending raiding parties to mess up his territories.
1: And truly, the only thing he can't buy is his heart. Ooh,
0: and my burps, I guess.
1: Hey, man. burp energy going on all over the place,
0: yeah, things are escalating, and Ogonil wants to have peace talk, so he's hired the robusters to accompany his mediators as a show of force
1: that's a that's an interesting play, yeah, like these like cleanup crew to be your bodyguards definitely. our robot friends are skeptical, but soon they're on their way.
0: They arrive at Oganzal's base in Copernicus City, and Quartz admires a big section of a mined ore here. He asks, oh, do you have any uh, viradium? which sets Oganzal off. He loves that veradium, and it turns out to be the rarest and most expensive mineral in the solar system.
1: I mean, you're not mining it on the moon. The moon don't have shit.
0: Doesn't seem like it. Uh, the bots then load onto a robo bus headed to Craterville, <laughs> which is basically seems to be a ghost town when they arrive.
1: <sighs> Segregation.
0: Craterville. They're headed to a nearby conference center when Rojas and Hammerstein notice a boot in a doorway and check it out. It's a
1: dead human. Oh, that's not good. Do not be around the corpse when the cops come.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, it's it's real crazy. Um, but listen, they notice this dead guy. Something's weird, and it gets worse when someone shoots Curly the droid. Oh, a bunch of humans with laser guns show up. They're blowing up all these guys.
1: That was the Curly thing, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely there, and they're being massacred by robots. Next time, count the
1: carcasses, men. <laughs> oh, that's that's not a that's I don't. Who 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 would say that?
0: The people that ordered this genocide of robots, this uh, uh, t- uh murder of robots,
1: you know. You know, I I uh weirdly enough, as a segue, fast, I've been listening to this kind of like um this guy who reads first accounts, like firsthand accounts of someone writing about um experiencing a culture for the first time, mm-hmm. way in the past. So it's like someone who from 1600 went to Japan for the first time or whatever, or firsthand accounts from a Japanese person writing about a a battle. Mm -hmm. Extensive uh, explanation by this Japanese guy explaining, listen, you can't just cut off anyone's head after a battle. You have to cut off the heads of the people you killed and people who do this other cutting off of heads or try to cut off. It's like completely, it's a very detailed, like, This is how you know when someone's trying to uh, say they did one thing but didn't actually kill the guy. Uh, And one of the things is, like, you have to count the bodies that you killed. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Weird. It's very detailed for sure. That's exactly why I hate it.
0: Yeah. Hugh, um, it definitely could be that a Quartz is based off a show. I mean, or a a Twilight Zone. I don't remember that exact episode. But they do – you know, a lot of times these robots end up being – having models – Being modeled off of robots that show up um, either in, like, sci-fi magazines or um, museum displays and stuff like that. Um, People doing, like, concept
1: art and stuff. There's only one brain bot that I love, and he was a athlete. Ooh. That was a brain in a robot
0: suit, you know? Yeah. Different. That's Howard Quartz in a way. (laughs) Kind of, for sure. Oh, man. Okay. Next up, we got our stargram section. Oh, ooh, I do
1: like the blueprint though.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Starlord mentions the drone on the cover. Um, his propaganda reminds us of time quake action. One letter is from an apparent Gronk. Another needs help finding giant praying mantis incursions in Alpha Centauri. Ah, oh, praying mantis beings. There's a cutaway. You view.
1: Publish oh. propaganda in your I don't, anyway.
0: He wants you to know so you can recognize it, not be fooled well, by fair. it. that's fair. Yeah. There's a cutaway view of a star cruiser and then some just general uh, other sort. Oh, there's recipe for Invisible Ink and a bunch
1: of other stuff. Main um, nuclear drive. Yeah. Interesting.
0: The letter of the week is from a complete star squad, seemingly of 23 different people. They guard Whoa. the Earth from outsiders. Good times. Oh, this is worrying. <laughs> Listen, again, these kids putting together these
1: teams. Oh, man. Indoctrinated into, quote, saving the planet from, quote, aliens. Whoa. I know, man.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's move on to Blueprint 3,
1: Strontium Dog. A.K.A. the Polka Dot Warrior. Listen, I need I'm loving dots. this, man. This look actually really works. God yeah. damn you. Escara, how do you make everything look amazing? He knows what works, you know? He knows
0: that sometimes you got
1: to get polka dotty for a big whip fight. I want a polka-dot bandana now.
0: Live your life. Uh, script John Wagner's T.B. Grover, Art Carlos Ascara lettering Peter Knight. The last whip duel is on. And again, yeah, like you said, this polka-dot outfit, it's purple and really great against the red of the rest of the, of, of the page here. Mm, pops. Billy Joe wonders how Johnny was able to improve his laser-whipping ability, but in the end, they don't care. EXP, man. Leveling yeah. up. Johnny's on the defensive, but he's waiting for Joe to make a mistake. He goes in for the kill, and Johnny just straight up... Oh, let's make... do this right. Come on. Cold clocks him. Yeah, just straight up uppercutting him. Oh, geez, no one expects it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one expects the left hook?
0: no the goons seeing that their boss is about to lose
1: and now it's time for a fucking hammer
0: yeah barge in but wolf wades in as well to help meanwhile all these town folks they're tired of billy joe's mess so they turn on him and in the melee billy joe tries to run but johnny sees him and gives chase
1: Time to open up some cages and let all these crazy beasties get at you.
0: Yeah, he's using Laz, his laser whip, to open up monster cages to slow Johnny down. But Johnny, in turn, uses his laser whip as a pole vault to get over him. I don't know how laser whips works, so could be
1: possible. Listen, man, multi-purpose Laz whip.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, could be for sure. Sorry. <laughs> Jubal goes oh, for dude. his trank blaster as Johnny and Billy squ- uh, and Billy Joe square oh, off. It's a cage match. On top, listen, they're
1: on the roof of the hell of, of the hell in the cell here. Listen, when it goes above the cell, that's when you know shit's getting real.
0: Absolutely, especially because Billy Joe walks too far backwards and gets his foot directly over the top of the cage of the smiling Chuck Walla. Snack time, baby. The uh, beast shows up, grabs his ankle, and pulls him down to his death.
1: My dude, it says dinner, so it's a sentient being.
0: I mean, it's definitely talking and stuff. You know, maybe it just knows some words or whatever. I mean, all right. Anyway, the two-headed terror is uh, eaten by this monster, and the day is saved. Can you
1: collect the bounty if it's eaten? By a monster.
0: I mean, if he's wanted dead and they sort of ensured that that death took place, I guess so. It seems like it. Because he wasn't wearing the, the video camera dealing. It's true, but maybe there's surveillance cameras inside the thing. I they yeah, they just yeah, don't fair. care. Like this, this has been about revenge for a long time. That's true. Um The lads say goodbye to the Gronk, but he offers to come with them, help with any yes. medical problems they might have. He can even help... Fight monsters and criminals, but not really, because he's definitely afraid of a paper bag being popped. (laughs) The boys write off, and Strontium Dog will return in issue 17. Um, After that, we've got an ad for this I Spy uh, thing, and then a quiz for the skateboard Strikeforcers.
1: Man, let me tell you, I'm still real big into that uh, Triang MCC this little pedal pedal car, yeah, because I I know about them portable TVs. Those are the worst. That's fair. I I don't even know what an Invicta Grand Mass. Oh, that's a game. What's Plustron TV Video? Never heard of it.
0: That looks like some kind of video game. Plustron <laughs> one of TV them video games is probably yeah just a TV I guess right.
1: Well, I don't know. But TV, video is games, the
0: thing that you'd plug in. I, I imagine it's just another word for a video game console in 1978 when that language has solidified Commodore baby. Yeah. Fair. All right. Let's finish up here, Fox. Oh, man. We're burning oh, through.
1: We're going too fast. <sighs> with the slow boys are going too fast. I can feel that energy with us in our, in our hardcore comments, our biting Ugh. commentary. Listen... I am tired
0: it's making me having it's making me have trouble doing like a lot of the crazy stuff. But anyway.
1: Listen, man, try to stumble through Holocaust, cause this is looking confusing.
0: <laughs> Blueprint for Holocaust script, Helen Hebden, Art, Horatio Lalia, lettering, Steve Potter.
1: Blundered into a secret war. Jesus.
0: Yeah, get it together. Man. and colonel minsky escape into a helicopter as a couple of f-15s swing by and blow up the whole area they were in
1: oh man they raccoon city that shit
0: yeah they're headed to the, the to the pentagon which you probably can't really get to via helicopter from nevada and i'll <sighs> mention also that this colonel has the insignia of a lieutenant on his uh helmet but you know oh, I'm man just nitpicking here Hunter gets a debriefing. Keep it secret or I'll have C-13 after you, which I don't think that's explained later.
1: Save the cheerleader, save the world, etc.
0: Colonel Minsky runs the video. We see a UFO crash in Montana last month, causing a big forest fire and stuff. Okay. And apparently... The world has been gripped by famine, superviruses are destroying crops the world over, and it's all being caused by these damn aliens.
1: See, this is what happens. They're bringing their their uh, germs, I guess? Something. There's a giant spaceship hidden on the
0: far side of the moon. It's got a force shield around it that can shrug off nukes. This is the
1: problem. Dark side of the moon. Everything's hiding back there, man.
0: Definitely. Anyway, we got to take it out, but we don't know who. And our hero, Private Eye, Carl Hunter, has been rehired by the government to help with this situation.
1: They need Jeff Goldblum
0: and someone to fly the ship. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, I got to get a Will Smith or something like that. Anyway, yeah, so he's being sent out to San Francisco to join the field office there. Um, Other notes are that the aliens can be killed by fire or nicotine smoke. When they die, their corpses turn to poison slime and they're all terrible drivers. And just so you know, they can take people over. But the plate that Hunter has in his head from his army days made him immune to alien control. So just be aware of all that stuff. So why wouldn't they just put
1: a plate in a bunch of people's heads? I guess that seems dangerous. I don't know. I mean, they put one in his. Well, they – sorry,
0: might have just popped off there. I mean, oh, they yeah. put one in his as a result of an injury that was then recovered, like a skull got fractured. They put a plate in there. But that seems like a
1: – it seems a little close to the brain for elective surgery, I guess. Oh, I mean, it's the government. It's elective, I guess. I'm just yeah. saying you need immune soldiers. You know what I mean?
0: Sure. So, Hunter's out on the search for aliens. He checks out some destroyed crop fields and stuff like that. He's interviewing people. Of what happens? There's been some UFO sightings and stuff when he notices, as he's getting a burger, he notices a pair of farm workers in a nearby car. One of them comes out of the car holding his what stomach the fuck? and explodes like a balloon. They must
1: be aliens i mean or just the guy had extreme gastrointestinal disorder that wouldn't make you explode buddy well you know combustion whatever
0: absolutely so listen
1: Um, i'm not a scientist
0: yeah hunter calls it in the aliens take off terrible driving skills confirmed they're basically just driving straight up the opposite side of the road cars going everywhere Um, I will notice that it does seem like these guys are driving English style because they're on... This guy's going against traffic on the right side of the road while uh, Hunter seems to be doing okay on the left side of the road. So, put it together as you will. Although their steering (laughs) wheel seems to be on the correct side. I don't know. So, it could could (sighs) be either way. Um, He seems to be... um, The alien seems to be driving towards some kids, so Hunter has to act fast and runs him off the road. The car crashes and Hunter runs over to it. The the driver's already starting to dissolve, so Hunter grabs his wallet and a map.
1: Oh, this is my favorite saying, stay back, this is government business.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and the map's marking a, a nearby UFO base. This could give Hunter a chance he needs to deliver an intact UFO to Colonel Minsky. Next time, do not slay the human.
1: There's so many humans, so which one?
0: Oh, I think we can imagine it's probably this Carl Hunter guy.
1: The damn plate in his head makes him invaluable.
0: Seriously? <laughs> oh, boy. This issue ends with an ad for Robo Hunter and some more goddamn stamps. 1,100 stamps for Ufa, or 11... Yeah... No, 1,100, <sighs> excuse me, 111 stamps for you. And then at the end, there's 200 fabulous toys to be won, 100 boys toys, which seem to be some kind of helicopter crane, and 100 girls toys, which appear to be a uh, Farrah Fawcett uh, doll. I want that Farrah Fawcett doll. Sorry, girls only, buddy. That's how it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all I have to do is buy, oh, snowballs. Hell no. They got bowlers in there. Yeah, but that's got that like fruit filling. Coconut
0: mallows. I could do a mallow. Get your mom to look them up, buddy. And with that, we finished
1: Star-Lord number 15. We stumbled our way through. Low energy, still finishing fast. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> We're waiting for that that caffeine to kick in at this point. I
0: feel like I'm, I, I don't want to get more caffeinated than I am right now, and I'm surviving. So, Fox, serious question.
1: Oh, oh no, really?
0: What are your top and bottom blueprints for this episode, Star-Lord number 15? <sighs>
1: Man, oh man, I'm loving this bird moot, and I have to choose between that and, like, a -a whip-a-cha, crack that whip. Oh, man. Think about it. Take your time. Uh, All right, I'm going Strontium, dog. I I was so not pro-whip, but then when it all, like, kind of breaks loose and it turns into a whip-room blitz... And then it's like the top of the cage. It's real good, man. This guy gets eaten by a Walla. I'm into that. Also, Grunk joins the team. It's feeling good.
2: Yeah, uh, I
1: wish I could say more things, but my brain bad now. Oh, no. Um, oh, no. I'm, I'm awake. It's just my my wit sensors have decreased in thrill power. Man, man bottom is fucking holocaust this shit's going on forever with uh, I mean minimal aliens minimal
0: it, we'll get more but yes they are very minimal like it's just sort of a standard car chase and you know just kind of kind of semi noir action here
1: basically but a lot it's, of talk it's about seven, aliens it's seven pages of just like uh, you're hired effectively yeah. yeah it goes
0: on for sure
1: uh yeah conrad i should ask you a question and i almost forgot to but then i remembered because i'm responsible yeah buddy what do you got for me oh right the question um did you like something and then also something that you liked less than that thing
0: i mean i would say that i do have a top and bottom blueprint from this star lord comic yes i'd like
1: to know please oh, thank I you mean,
0: I'll certainly agree that the bottom blueprint is 100% Holocaust. Don't care for this. No way. Mm. For my top, while well, I do like this strontium dog story, this smiling chuck wall, about to eat this mood. guy. Pretty awesome. I'm a big fan of the Gronk joining the team and general laser whipping. But man, the this oh, yeah. big thing of birds in Mind Wars. I love it's it. It's real good. And then she, like, freaks out and kills them all with her big psychic eyes and stuff like that. That's amazing. Where
1: else are you going to get that? I mean, this is really
0: the big thing. This is where we really start seeing our Denny as this full-on badass. And I am super here for it. Also melancholy about uh, her twin being dead. Yeah. We got melancholy. We got badassery. And we got just, like, you know... Some some titillation she gets out of the out of the bath and stuff like that. Something for everybody.
1: The one so, thing I learned is that birds, you know, they'll let you keep your modesty.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean they work together with the sensors and stuff like that. Honestly, that makes it more evil than good, you know, when we're thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, really. Yeah, they're trying to
1: control you, wrap you in the prison of cloth. Don't care for it. <laughs> <gasps> It would have been a nice touch if it was just like, now you're covered in feathers. Oh, no, they gave her weird bird clothes. That's no good. (laughs) Because it's like how birds interpret clothes. You know what I mean? Oh
0: yeah, it's all just a big nest. You gotta wear like it's <gasps> like it's a,
1: It's just twigs and nettles.
0: Imagine a nest that's so big you can just kind of put your legs to the bottom of it and wear it like a pair of
1: shorts or something like oh, that. It's it's like a it's like those barrels where that you see in the cartoons, suspender barrels. Yeah,
0: poor guy barrels. Absolutely. Mm. All right, here we go. <sighs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. <sighs> you like what you're hearing you know i have promised most of our other podcasts are far more high energy than this but you should check out space spinner 2000 our podcast about uh 2000 ad on your favorite podcast provider you can contact us at spacespinner spinner 2000 at gmail.com in the 2080 forums or on our facebook instagram or twitter pages on twitter we're at space spinner 2k if anything else like space spinner 2000 you'll find us there if you really like what we're doing and want to support us i definitely appreciate it feel free to, con- t- to, uh, to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash which is our podcast network. And then also check out the links in our About section for collected issues, editions of the comics we're talking about, just to kind of, you know, send some dollars a creator's way. Come back next time as both Mind Wars and Holocaust head to the lake and Robusters head to the mines. All right. Until then, I'm Conrad, he's Fox, and we are the Space Spinner Star-Lord-a-thon. Keep we watching still the skies. are
1: oh. <sighs> oh my God. <sighs> See, this is the thing. I'm, I'm awake, and I will be here for the entirety. Uh, part of it is also I have to be quiet just because it's it's this, but man... <laughs>
0: Hail, Storm, hail Star Troopers! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and it's the 18th hour of the Space Spinner star lord a a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star-Lord one issue at a time! This hour, we're covering Star Lord issue 16, cover date August 26th, 1978. It's 9 p.m. here in Los Angeles. The sun went down an hour ago, and I'm just trying to get by. This time, Mind Wars meets a boy, Robusters meets some kids, and Holocaust meets some local farm workers. Alien possessed farm workers. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh, you can find the comics we're covering today in Strontium Dog SDation Files One, Robusters Volume One, and the Judge Dread Magazine from issue 408 to 409. And in this episode, I'm super excited of you know trying to power through as we're joined by Eli, the current co-host of our spinoff show, The Judge Dread Primer, and soon Big Meg One, our Judge Dread Magazine episode. all day. Hello, everybody. Hey, like welcome aboard, man. Thanks for having
3: me on this uh, ship, meta- metaphoric ship. Yeah,
0: yes. this metaphorical, metaphorical sailing ship of Star-Lord. Very exciting. Going straight to the Bermuda Triangle. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I know you haven't read a ton of Star-Lord in the past, but were you, uh, did you ever get a sense, or f- from what you've read, have you, have you like uh, gotten a general sense of the comic here?
3: Yes. Yes. Um, it seemed very remnant of a lot of, uh, you know just a uh, general sci-fi uh, some strong roots uh mm-hmm. but it's on the writing and uh, you know art i could tell that there are some characters here that have a long history and uh even though i don't know that history they were drawn and treated with a type of respect that is remnant of something that you should care about <laughs> building <laughs> out a character right? a lot of love went into it
0: yeah sorry Oh, uh, just Glitch out for a second. But okay, should we? Get- yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of these characters are actually brand new for this. They've maybe been running for sixteen weeks at most, so mm-hmm. it is kind of fun that they're sort of they've been able to establish themselves in such a short time. That is cool. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a good time. Good time for Star Lord here, getting for it. Oh, and awesome okay welcome aboard i officially name you a member of the skateboard strike force in star oh, lord's man. army oh nice i never learned to ride a skateboard so this is you know oh, this is good yeah with this military rank comes that ability so you know be excited <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> all right so let's get jump let's jump in here um listen all our mates have been wiped out rojaws and we could be next Big Kev O'Neill cover. Kevin O'Neill oh, as Rojas Arthur and Hammerstein man. run through this frontier town. It's a gun is pulled down from the front and they've sort of got some moon rock. You know, it's like a moon rock company in back and all these different robots sort of coming, being shot and stuff. Very exciting stuff. I love this guy. Yeah, he cover.
1: loves his colors. That's, I, I just, he looks at the palette and says, yes. <laughs> Kev O'Neill, you beautiful bastard. Absolutely. A lot of yellows, a lot of greens on this guy
0: for sure. Very saturated as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, didn't go for the
3: subtle yellow. Went for that punch-you-in-the-eye-sockets yellow. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah it's, uh, interesting effect when you have uh, uh, cool colors and warm colors hmm. so close to each other like that, like mm-hmm. that blue mm-hmm. on that yellow. It makes the blue seem bluer and the yellow seem more yellow. Nice.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, this thing seems super yellow for sure. Massacre on the moon. But let's move on
1: here. Let's get started with our first blueprint, Mind Wars. Oh, man. That mountain of of broken spaceships, real good.
0: Yeah, pretty good. Uh, script Alan Hebden, Art Jesus Redondo, lettering Paul Benzberg. Um in so we've just so this is a continuing story where um a bunch of where you know we've got sort it's sort of star wars ask a little bit but there's a psychic lady two lion friends and then her buddy with a must who's a human with a mustache and he's sort of a space operative they're at a starship graveyard on the planet Hicks dithith um uh, and it's time to try to get these ships back
1: up and running We got to do, uh, you know, kind of uh, raising the ships up with our psychic powers. Why not?
0: Yeah, well, it could take a lot of time just to kind of salvage enough parts to make a new ship from scratch. But Ardenny has no time for that. So she uses her powers to pick up and untangle the ship. So scavenging from them will be a breeze. The uh, lion guys and just the random town uh, city folk of Hixdithith get to work. But meanwhile, juggler ships are headed straight for our heroes, these sort of baboon men, evil space guys. Uh, the boss of the juggler, the Cosmo New Wrath uh Now Ruth, I should say wants our Denny killed, but the captains of the fleet aren't so sure. Maybe they can use this fancy space coffin they found to capture her and seize control of the juggler for themselves, using her powers. What could go wrong? Space coffin? Oh, yeah. Or maybe space casket, but definitely some kind of space something. (laughs) Listen, we're not
3: talking a sarcophagus. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just like an earth casket, but in space. Yeah, yeah it's, slightly
0: uh, more spacey. I think we all know what we're talking about here. It's an
1: upgrade for sure.
0: <sighs> yeah. They get word that a human ship is on the way as well. We cut back to the planet where ship construction's actually going pretty well. We got this ship. It's mo- it looks like it's honestly mostly complete at this point. It's still,
1: you know, the paint job, getting it that nice color.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, at least until a huge Federation weapon ship sort of warps out right over them which is bad times. A small ship comes down, though, and an officer from there wants to uh, know where our our Ardenny is, and she's sort of off. She sort of left ship construction to the boys here. Um, The crew plays dumb, but this pilot sort of flies off, finds Ardenny lounging by a lake. The pilot, Orloff, approaches her and joins her by the lakeside. She's sort of just, you know, lounging casually, as you do. Um, but at the same time the juggler have come on the planet as well it's bad times um anyway um yeah they've got a secret ship they're looking for our Danny the ship that they're building is nearly complete everybody has a big party to celebrate we see a god of like dancing oh, by the got. many moons and stuff everybody getting down um
3: you know oh, they
1: were in the dancing yeah. in the moonlight Dancing
0: in the moonlight <laughs> I'm
3: glad you that those were the moons because I was trying to figure out what spotlights there were in the sky like that. They, uh, you know, just generic dance orbs. Right. They had a, used an interesting texture to kind of imitate the night sky so I, was, I could mm. tell they were
0: trying to convey something specifically. Yeah. But I didn't know. That's be- cool. Yeah, I believe it's the many moons of this planet. Um, As they dance um, and get wrecked. Yeah, and everybody hangs out, of course. Um, Orloff and Ardenny um, sort of go for a walk and we see or first we see like Yose sort of hanging out with these Lentharan uh, lion dudes and they're like oh you're jealous you old man get out of here. They sort of give him a hard yeah, time. can grow as much hair as
1: us. That beard yeah. ain't nothing.
0: But also like you aren't get, you know this young guy showing up he's hoarding it in on your Ardenny action. I see how it goes. I mean he did try to kill her. Yeah it's true I mean you'd think that his uh his chances would already be zero. But, you know, it's a man a can trick. dream, I suppose. Yeah, Are, yeah. Go, go ahead, July.
3: Uh, yeah, that was what I was going to say. They also seem to uh, uh, talk about him being human as well. Like, I don't know how you guys even got into the stars in the first place.
0: <laughs> yeah, you humans suck. <laughs> Stupid apes. <laughs> um, Ardeny and Orloff go for a walk in the moonlight. She offers to let him stay in the spare room of her space villa. <laughs> But that night, Ardenny senses something. She goes in her small clothes to check on Orloff, but he's dead. It's, oh, he's no. been godfathered. Yeah, he's been moited, moited most foul. And <laughs> the juggler are there and shoot her with a space beam. And they toss her in a space coffin. Man, that easy. Yeah. I felt bad for this guy. I, was, I, I
3: don't know why. I assumed he was going to be around longer. Yeah, but. me
0: too. He just kind of came out of nowhere. He seemed like he was a romantic interest for our daddy, but then they just murdered him right away, you know? Got a red shirt somebody, I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. I'm just hoping for space
3: zombies now. I, mean, I don't oh, know. If it's yeah. about it, but I'm hoping that comes up.
0: Listen, one way or another, we're definitely
1: getting them um, in one of these stories for sure. I want a zombie with that fishbowl helmet and an astronaut suit. Ooh. Doing a float, trying to eat brains. That's
0: exciting. Yosei and the lions are heading home. They seem to be drunk. We got some uh, singing here and stuff like that. Give me the moonlight and give me the stars. But as they go, they see a massive explosion. It's a juggler ship taking off and flying off into space. They've got Ardini. Sky
1: Skyrockets in flight. Ardini, delight. Whoa. <laughs> Ugh. Next time, low energy. Yeah, her eyes glow like small suns. We are doomed. She does do that—that kind of, you know, sky stare. She's got the angriest eyes.
0: Eli, what do you think about the art on um on on this story on, on Mind Wars? I, I I really respect your opinion as an artist, and I want to know what you think. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um,
3: they used a lot of uh, paint brushes as well as dry brush, like when they um. They use a ma- uh, type of material, um, usually some type of fabric, uh, mm. put a little ink on it, and then they kind of d- dab the paper with it. I don't know if they did that digitally or traditionally, but a lot of this looks traditional. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is from 1978, so there wouldn't be a lot of computer stuff at this point, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah well, very well done. Um, uh, I did find myself getting lost on some things, like um, it seems like um, uh, hard angles they had a little bit more trouble with. Even their ships kind of had like mm. soft and drawn lines to them they'd like mm-hmm. they don't use a lot of rulers but uh, even with that um, the figures and you know settings were all uh, cut out from the background very well and very easily identifiable um, yeah and yeah. they had a great negative
0: space too yeah they, they did a great job nice yeah definitely I, I, I love this artist Jose Casanovas he really um, does some fun mm-hmm. stuff and is really great at, yeah, at these science fiction landscapes and characters it's a lot of fun it, it seems like uh,
3: they either use... Oh, um, sorry,
0: uh, Hazy's Redondo, I mean, not Casanova's, excuse me. Oh, I see.
3: Yeah, it seems like they also used uh, either some um, uh, uh, watered down some ink or used some uh, watercolor for a lot of the shading. Uh, later <laughs> I have a soft spot for that uh, type of uh, art or application because it... Watercolor's it, rough. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where you mess it up, that's it. The whole page is ruined. We got exactly. to... Exactly. this again. <laughs> It's, or when you nail it, it's
1: beautiful, man. Right. Oh, I love exactly. watercolor. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: All right. Let's move on to our next one. Blueprint 2, earn big money while you sleep. Hey, sure. Why not? Yeah. Script Robot, John Wagner's TB Grover. Art Robot's Jose Casanova Lettinger Robot. Bill all. This is a Star-Lord future shock. That kind of stuff. Oh. Oof. Um. Max Hibble is the only one in a giant future city to have a garden. And it looks pretty nice. You got this full color garden, like little butterflies and stuff flying around it. It looks pretty good. He's nailing it. Yeah. The problem is that it's also very expensive and there's no time to have a job and maintain the garden at the same time. This feels very two thousand AD. Absolutely. But then oh man. Oh sorry. And he's got a hen pecking wife that yells at him about the garden and tells him to get a job and stuff like that. Standard <laughs> stuff. <laughs> right. I always love when they you, you just
3: fall in that conversation. Like just today, coincidentally, he's just talking about how much he loves his garden and the wife's like, Again with the garden. I always no. find the <laughs> so fun.
0: Right. That's just talking, talking- your Loving this garden. Get a job. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, you can get – you can be a multilingual janitor for the Jovian moon. Good times. Oh, that sounds real boring. Yeah. (laughs) How can you waste five hours a week on this one? Every hour he needs for gardening. But that's when he sees an ad on TV. Earn big money while you sleep. Basically, this company rents the 90% of your brain that you don't use to do computations. Um, In this case, he signs up for it and they'd be using it to do research on 20th century pests. Good times. Max takes the deal and gets these cold hard credits. Goes to sleep with electrodes on his brain. Loving the sleep setup. Yeah, classify these bugs and stuff. And... But when he wakes up, he's got the money. But there's also side effects because
1: his hen-pecking wife is now, instead of a lady, a giant wasp. Uh, I've been transported to Bug World because someone done juked my brain. That's right. What is it? I uh, don't know why because I'm not an expert, but I
3: think it was a praying mantis. Uh maybe it was narratively I it, to be one. It could be a Mantis too it's just got these wings that make me feel wasp i guess yeah Man, that... uh, only cuz we all know they bite their husband's head off so i thought, yeah
1: i was no, hoping that feels so right that's a yeah. good
0: call out uh, no I'll you're get... yeah definitely that, that 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 could be right for sure <laughs> i'm no I'm, I'm not i'm not wedded to whatever bug it is i'm fine either way <laughs> right hey listen um so he goes to a doctor to see what's going on and as he does this entire world is full-on bugs there's like some centipedes Ooh. there's definitely oh. a bee guy in here all this stuff do not like centipede person <sighs> eventually he makes it back to rent a brain almost gibbering as he does he sees all these bug people and the guy who uh, who uh, sold him on the procedure. Oh, says, God. Oh, yeah, listen, this stuff will happen uh, when you rent your brain sometimes. Um, yeah, opening up a dormant cranial areas may cause severe side effects in certain individuals. Because he did research on bugs, now everybody is a bug to him. Bad
1: times. God, this twist is super future shocky.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, the ultra thing is he looks at himself in a mirror and he's a giant maggot man. Oof. Not good. Yeah, it's real bad. It can completely
1: uncurable. That's just how it goes, you know? So, you know. He looks way more caterpillar than like maggot. I right. It could thought... be either way, I don't know. What do you realize, sorry?
3: Leaves. I don't know of any I haven't met a maggot personally, so I don't need I don't know the <laughs> details about them. But yeah, I thought yeah. I, saw, I saw Caterpillar as well. But it might have been my Pokemon knowledge. But.
0: Ooh, yeah, he's got that cat- hey, man. Cat- Caterpie, Caterpie. for everything. life. Yeah. Um, anyway, listen, it's uncurable, and now Max spends the rest of his day as a human bug eating the remains of his own garden.
1: But, you know,
3: live your life. Yeah. The lesson is don't take the easy way out, you know? You're going to have to go and get that job and be the translator. You know, you got to you got to
1: prioritize. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, don't put a bunch of electrodes on your brain. Let it kind of hijack. Yeah. Right. Uh, I want to know more about
3: his wife, what she's going to do now. uh,
0: (laughs) She just looks like she's she's crying to herself as all the plants in the house wilt away, I guess. I had to assume
3: that she did the housekeeping and he kept the garden. But maybe, you know, she's got to get a job, too. Or uh remarry and just you know oh who's that i mean guy? the man is a bug now yeah. you gotta remarry <laughs> you know traditional gender roles be damned i guess who's that guy in the backyard oh that's my ex-husband he thinks he's a caterpillar don't
1: don't mind him yeah just just, just work around him he'll be fine absolutely eventually he'll pupa and then fly away and everything's fine <laughs> right.
0: definitely so uh, we go to one of Star-Lord's Stargrams here. Star-Lord's quick to tell us that Johnny Alpha will be back next issue. And Eli, I'm bummed you don't get to see Johnny Alpha
1: here because he's a real fun character. Uh, that's actually – you're right because he was uh, – or at least at the top, you're talking about characters. And that one is like – Johnny and Wolf are so fully defined. And they're ones that will come up over the course of uh,
0: the magazine as well. So hmm. – it would have been nice to see them originally, but what are you going to do, I guess? Mm. Um, the password of the week is We Shall Overcome. There's oh. a quick com- – yeah, listen, not great. There's a joke comic about a space cow. We got a star – another star team forming in Swansea.
1: Once again, indoctrinating children into your weird army.
0: Yeah, one of the – so the uh, the central uh, thing – here Eli is that um like Star Lords putting together a paramilitary organization of kids all over England. <laughs> so be- be- because of that it means that um he is like you know kids are writing in and basically saying like we um you know, listen, we're putting together these groups. And so these kids are writing in saying, like, yeah, me and my chums, we all formed our own star squad and we're gonna kill any aliens that might show up here. Mm. <sighs> well.
1: That's fun. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean it's a good <laughs> to it's good togetherness and like, you know, promoting uh imagination and stuff like that, right. I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it's I assume this isn't uh
3: uh this isn't from America. These comics, no England. Yeah, another another Brit comic. I feel like that's uh, so telling. I feel like this was an American group. There'd be, you know, uh, parents writing into the comic about why are our kids talking about killing killing aliens, bad. Aliens. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, I feel like you know Br- British parents are not shy about writing in and saying there's stuff they don't like. You know, but um. <laughs> I definitely think that, you know, they're more OK with this of just like, you know, listen, these kids, they read this comic, they form their groups and then they go play in the woods. And that's fine because they're out of my hair, you know, that's sort of. God mood. indoctrinate something. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Um the big uh, uh uh prize winning letter for this one is another is a is spaceship. spaceship design with a lot of like uh designs and intricate patterns on it and stuff like that pretty good I like that it's a negative it's been also knocked out of the park man yeah. worth the 10 pounds yeah. for sure yeah um also yes some other letters claim to be st- other that they're that a uh, star lords just a star lord instead of the star lords a big difference come on buddy mm-hmm. Anyway, that takes us to our next Blueprint, Blueprint 3, Robusters. Big energy from these rocket launchers. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Script, Chris Lauder as Jack Adrian, Art Jose Luis Ferrer, lettering Paul Bensberg. The robots of the Robusters are being massacred by humans with laser cannons. Oh, no. Uh, Rojas and Hammerstein are avoiding getting killed but things are bad out there this whole thing was a setup they've got to get back to Copernicus City to warn Howard Quartz about it the robots are all down and the Humes go to count the corpses of the robots because they know that 12 robots came but when they start counting of course Rojas and Hammerstein know they'll only find 10 bodies they got to think fast first they check the body of the human. They of the of the of the dead human. I'm they sure saw they last found episode. They dead body. <laughs> um, and it looks like he's got a Lunar Diggings logo on his on his coat. But isn't that who they were here to negotiate with? And presumably is attacking them. That's what a twist! Odd. Um, things get weirder when they find the guy who drove them out to Crater Town, and he attacks them. This is Mister Glotz. You can't trust this guy or gults, I should say Like they're like hey man like can you help us out and he's like sure come this way and then when their backs are turned he pulls a gun yeah,
1: <laughs> that's when you gotta chomp down on his arm yeah that's man, why
0: one left. before he can fire Rojas jumps up and eats his gun as they do yes um, mm-hmm. yeah natural response yeah always I mean, when you got those teeth you gotta mash something right definitely yeah he they want him to tell him what's going on then maybe give him a, a ride home but instead <laughs> a bunch of troopers show up and they gotta run it's a trap um hammer hammerstein uses his laser gun to collapse some buildings on top of the people oh, it's who are like attacking that. him
1: here very thundercats move there,
0: yeah, mm-hmm. sort of an end around his don't hurt humans uh uh, uh programming by instead just destroying the uh, the scenery around them and stuff like that. listen, maiming is fine killing no yeah right. <laughs> absolutely uh they're going after Glotz, but he's escaped down a mine shaft. The bots go after him wondering what's up when they reach the bottom a dark figure attacks them. it's a kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kill those! Nah, they aren't gonna kill these
1: kids. They're good guys. Yeah. Uh, look at him. Yeah, he's and, he's trying to help out. Take
0: that. You and dangus. then a second kid show up, and it's a it's a girl with this full on Walter accent. Uh, uh, yeah, fox. but he's also
1: got like she's the one with common sense here.
0: It's all <laughs> white. They're droids.
1: Oh. <laughs> Walter flashbacks. Yeah, real bad.
0: Um, so they start trying to talk to these kids. Basically, a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, men with guns showed up. They killed people and took the rest away, including their parents. And these kids are not emotionally scarred. It's fine. I mean, they're, you know, they're they're tough. You know, they can handle it. And That's then they reveal – they're hiding down here from the bad men and they reveal that this isn't Vale; It's Gasanoi Dome. Oh, man. Cratervale's 500 miles that away. Well, it's, it like I, what was that? Sorry. It's like a
3: wacky mix-up. Uh, like yeah. I, maybe I didn't understand the full weight of gravity of it. Well, they it was, were
0: supposed to be brought to – last issue – A bunch of these robots were brought to Craterville to try to negotiate a truce between uh, the richest man on the moon and the few people who he hadn't bought out yet. But now it looks like they're in an entirely different place under false pretenses, and that means that there's some skullduggery going
1: on. I feel like you can't do a switcheroo with literal locations, but respect it. Right. Yeah, fair enough. Lesson is,
3: always put GPS in your robots, you know. no matter. Yeah, you don't uh, want them just getting switcherooed that easily, you know.
0: Definitely. <laughs> yeah, it seems like this Goltz guy is trying to increase tensions between lunar diggings and the and, uh, Ogonsil, the richest man on the moon.
1: Stakes. Yeah, we better head back to Copernicus City and report in. Bad. The nice thing is yeah. that they don't have to convince the car that they jack to uh drive them this time.
0: No, this time the car just goes along. They steal a car, head out. It's good times.
3: I was mostly worried about what you're feeding those kids on their drive. That seems
1: like a Well, they're going to get cranky. Right. Yeah. I could
3: not where they're at, but it seemed middle of nowhere like on some type of desert planet like so. I was, I was like gotta bring at least a
0: sandwich. They're on right. Earth's moon. You know, they'll they'll get to food eventually, I guess. Um <laughs> <laughs> they steal a car they steal a space van they head out it's getting cold but they're a thousand of miles from copernicus city so don't think they're safe yet next time we've been heading in the wrong direction
1: oh man they were already a thousand miles away on the moon <sighs> now they're just lost on the moon it's real bad i am oh, man, really have, uh, sorry title you
3: know because just we've been heading the wrong direction as the next issue tells you so much, it gets you really excited about the shenanigans it's about to. I
0: mean, that's very you know that's very much all these Star Lord next time on are mm. uh, quotes from the next issue to kind of give you a sense of what's going to happen. You know, well, I mean, acid
1: rain was a big one. Oh yeah, we forgot about the acid pool. That He's was just great. the
0: planet of the damned ones. You know, that's a weird time. Next, there's an ad for the uh for the next uh, strontium dog story starting next Prague, and a, a new magazine from Tiger that's got a bunch of uh, like like a photo booklet of sports stars of the world. Hey, all right, and that takes us to our final blueprint blueprint for now Holocaust. Uh this, no, go ahead. This seems modern times to me. Is yeah. This takes place in the present in 1978 or whatever. Got it. Um, Script is by Alan Hebden. Arts by Horatio Lalia. Carl Hunter is a private eye who's been brought in to deal with an alien invasion. He just got in a car chase with an alien and snagged a map with an alien outpost on it as the alien that he um, was talking – he was chasing has dissolved into a pool – a puddle of poison. Oof. (laughs) Um, The cops show up. They aren't pleased. Hunter flashes his new badge and tells everybody to stay away from the wreckage. And then they burn the shit out of it. Yeah, it's clear the whole area has been infected by alien poison, Hunter included the army comes by to clear things up but Carl's driving fast as fast before the contamination actually hits him here he's sort of driving, getting real delirious and stuff, he's seeing double as he makes his way through things Um, he's definitely not seeing straight as he arrives in a small town full of Hispanic workers and starts ranting and raving about aliens which is not a great look, I must say (laughs) Talking about UFOs as he stumbles into a gas pump, stuff like that Ugh, bad luck absolutely <laughs> um he arrives in yeah, so listen, he stumbles into a gas pump and decides everybody's trying to attack him like they definitely notice oh. him. you know the human knows of the craft, he must know the truth, deal with him, and so he uh, does the they're, natural they're, thing ohfather they're they're space invaders dang
1: yeah so right because this is the ufo base got it check
0: yeah this is the ufo base that he was following the map on so uh carl carl hunter does a natural thing which is pull uh pull the uh pull the thing from the gas pump light it on fire and start flamethrowing everybody that
1: is not a good idea
0: oh it's fine you know (laughs) they don't like fire as most people don't honestly uh, were there rules about fire smoking at
3: gas pumps back then? I mean, I don't... Oh, no, there was not. Okay, so he's all it's all safe and within the law then.
0: Oh, yeah, listen. Still catch as catch can. Do what you want to, for sure. Gas blowtorch. Um, torch. Things look bad, though, as he tries to do this, as a bulldozer drives up and takes out his car, knocks him over. Why? Because he's got to mess him up and stop him from burning everybody, you know? Um, a figure with a machete stands over him and prepares to kill him when a voice comes uh, from the heavens. in this case. Thank Ooh, you. Machete, yes, indeed. But a voice comes from the heavens. Do not slay the human. Oh, thanks.
1: Thanks, J-Man. I
0: had a question about
3: uh, the bulldozer in the car. Is he connected to that in some way? Why? Mm-mm. I think Bubble. it's just
0: the force of it is... Like, he says he doesn't know if it was the noise or just him being contaminated, but anyway, he sort of crumples as the car is taken over,
1: you know? It does feel like he's just getting wrecked by either car or bulldozer. The sound of your car getting crushed, I imagine, is
3: jarring, so I can see that. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
3: I'm sure I'd have similar responses.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So, um... Instead of being killed, he's brought to sort of an artificial lake that's actually a stairway down to this central UFO thing here. Yeah. Nice. They carry him through the long corridors of the ship and then tie him to a chair. As you do? Yeah. And he's down. A needle is inserted into his brain. But as they do, they said something. He's got the poison sickness and he's contaminating us all. Throw him out what what great what
3: right
0: yeah definitely
3: i really want to see these aliens you only
0: see their eyes in the shadows we only see little pieces of them for a long time for sure i didn't even notice that he's feeling hazy right now they just sort of ditch him and <laughs> leave him by the side of the road and have him yeah. deal with it it's funny because there's one set of voices saying get rid of him and another set of voice saying to transmute him it's like these two voices within the ufos don't
1: really agree with each other or don't know what's going on well, one's super into alchemy you know what i mean right it's equivalent exchange in that world man oh
0: oh last full metal alchemy i see what's going on oh yeah baby (laughs) the ufo tries to take off but instead it ends up just wiping out on the surface of the uh, desert which is bad times. Um, luckily, the army and Colonel Minsky finally arrive and put him in quarantine, where he's go- where they're going to sort of observe him as he probably dies of this alien uh, contamination sickness. Hmm. At least he gets to watch his programs. Yeah, okay. get to watch these shows. Previously, no one had survived the poison sickness for more than three days. But three days later, Hunter is alive and well and rejecting the official story on TV of the UFO crash.
1: I mean, they're going to cover it up. It's it's like a government secret war. Absolutely. Right. A government holocaust, if you will. Oh,
0: God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's developed an immunity to the sickness. Colonel Minsky arrives and shows Hunter how this village was being used to seed the surrounding areas with crop-destroying viruses. Eli, the, the conspiracy by these aliens is to destroy the human food supply so they can take over the Earth, presumably. Mm, humans will eat anything, though. I mean, you're going to have to pretty much
3: destroy everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no no plants.
0: I mean, they'll figure it out, I guess, these aliens. Maybe they eat rocks or something. But right, um, maybe. Yeah. It turns out the disconnect from these voices of the High Ones could be a clue. Like just that they were sort of disconnected from uh, what was going on live on the ground or something like that. Something to keep an eye out for, for sure. Um, Especially because, you know, these big bosses are sort of on the big ship behind the moon. So could be anything. Things get bad then when Hunter when Hunter looks out and sees a hospital orderly that's deathly afraid of a lighter being used to smoke a cigarette. Ooh, that's a telling. These aliens hate fire. Like, listen, you try to set them on fire, they're gonna freak out. Like weirdos. And cigarette smoke,
1: weirdly enough.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we learned also. Yeah, that that cigarette smoke. You're right. Is carcinogenic to them. So you got
3: to be careful. They are not into
1: secondhand smoke.
0: That's right. Uh
3: I did like um, uh, the use of uh, metaphor and uh, analogy in here. Um, Go to follow this guy. He's one of them. Or I'm a fried cookie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not something people say, bro. That's ridiculous. I also like,
3: he's thinking these things. He's not even like sharing them with people. His brain just makes puns and weird analogies. Yeah, I mean, he's a... in he, service of his own comedy.
0: I mean, he's definitely a private investigator, and that's sort of their MO. You know, he's got to kind of have this permanent narration going with what he sees and stuff like that. Just for the film noir that's going to be made of his life eventually. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, yeah. I blame
3: the
0: metal plate in there.
3: Oh, yeah. Even, even the page before he says, uh, sure, and my, na- uh, and my name's uh, Napoleon Bonaparte. Like... I, don't, I, don't, I assume that's not
0: his name. No, he, he's Carl Hunter, but you know, he's not Napoleon of uh, France or whatever. <laughs> Listen, extraterrestrials and stiffs go together like ham and eggs. This is good wordplay. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. <laughs> like tossed salad and scrambled eggs, my dude. That's Frazier. That's different. Uh, <laughs> so he follows this orderly into the morgue. Again, ham and eggs, extraterrestrials and stiffs. He walks inside and a bunch of sh- scary shadow monsters in the morgue attack him. No, not this. Please, not this. A dip. God damn zombies. Next time, hospitals being overrun by gas-crazed patients.
1: What the hell? Things are about <laughs> to get real weird in Holocaust. Like this ante they just dropped.
0: Absolutely. The zombie ante, that's the big one. Yeah. But with that and a repeat of the fattest goalkeeper uh, 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 advertisement here, we've reached the end of Star Lord 16. Oh, man. Ooh. Getting so far in here. It's very exciting. But as we reach the end, that means I have one question, one question alone for both you, Eli, and Fox. Question I've asked you all, me- or, or I've asked you many times, Fox. Eli, I'm sure will ask you many times in the future. What were your top and bottom stories for this issue of Star-Lord? Eli, first, what's your top and bottom? Oh, man. Uh Let's see. Because uh, I have a
3: narrative and then artistically, I, like mm. in my mind separate i'm happy to um, hear
0: both for sure
3: um narratively i loved um the uh the gardener like i uh oh nice uh, just uh earn big money while you sleep yeah <laughs> it just seemed uh, ridiculous um and i really liked um the the you know still soul searching for the moral behind it but uh <laughs> Uh it was just uh outlandish and they had to do so much bug uh research to get through and draw all of those different insects. Beautiful Absolutely. bugs. Yeah. That give them a lot of credit for that. Awesome. Uh, art artistically on the uh bottom I'd put uh it's actually the uh, when we were hanging out with our robot guys, uh
0: Oh Robusters, yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, it was uh the art was simplified. Um and I don't know, it, it's probably just a comparison from a lot of the other crazy detailed art. Sure. Um, but yeah, when you compare it, they use um, uh, uh, a lot more brushes, a little bit more lines. Um, their colors are just a little bit flatter. So I I, I I, think I subconsciously docked them a point, even though uh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm sure they... They did put in a lot of work in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, our, our job here is to evaluate things, but I think, you know, everybody works hard, but there's still sort of things that we can sort of say we like more or less for sure. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, story wise, um,
3: I love, I like the first one, uh, Mind Wars. Yeah. Uh, you just, uh, maybe it's because there were just lion people and monkey people in, involved. Maybe it's it. for sure. And uh, narratively, they just duped me. You know, they are like, hey, here's this guy. Maybe a love interest. Nope, he's good. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah, this was a good, actually, self-contained Mind Wars. It's very much like you're just going to get this arc of this Orloff guy in one issue where he sort of shows up. They maybe have some affection for each other. Then he gets murdered right away. Like, there's no waiting for this one. <laughs> um, and
3: then I, I, I'm not sure if it's in my bias, but I think narratively, I'm going to put uh, Robusters on the bottom as well. But it might just be because um, uh, uh, I was very confused. It was very, oh, no. uh robots We're in this fight. Oh, no, we're in the wrong fight. Who are these people? Yeah. Those-
0: no, this one's very much built around sort of having read the previous issue, I think, just mm-hmm. to know what sort of what's going on. Yeah. So I just didn't get as much out
3: of it. But I, I still thought it was. I, I'm. I, they had enough in there that I'm curious to see what happens next. Uh, but yeah, nice. just in itself. Uh
1: uh, it wasn't quite enough. For sure. Box, how about you? How What do you feel uh, for Top and Bottom? Oh, baby. Top is mind wars. There's a there's a oh, nice. pile of drunk ships, a possible mutiny. Uh, we got to rebuild that ship, which was pretty quick. Love interest. Uh, Dancing in the moonlight. And then dude got fucking godfathered like a horse. And she was put into a space coffin. All of these things are something that happened that we read just now. Absolutely. Uh, right. And you know, Jesus Redondo, love that boy. Beautiful artwork, He's so good. I love his.
0: I I I love this story. It's just like the like like a Return to Armageddon. Also, just this amazing
1: sci-fi fantasy art for sure. Really beautiful. Um, for my bottom, it's my whipping boy. It's Holocaust man. The there. the you know uh, the color work I like a lot, but like man, oh man, I'm uh, this alien story is. I'm just not into it, man. That's fair. It's not body snatchers. There's transmutation now. Uh, Just give me some clear path to go on. I need something to grab onto. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, listen, I can definitely buy that as well. My dude, Conrad. Yo. We must know. And you owe us. Give me some top and bottom blueprints.
0: Oh, man. Top and bottom blueprints. I think I would agree with you, Fox. Um. You know, Holocaust for bottom. Not liking Holocaust all that much. Um, super long. I think it's real weird to think these guys are aliens just because they don't like having a big gas tank blowtorch being pointed at them. That Someone feels likes like fire. That feels like one of those Dracula things where they say like, "Oh yes, only a stake through the heart will kill them." But I think a stake through the heart would kill most things. You know. Similar thing with oh, fire. These guys are afraid of a bunch of on fire gasoline being pointed at them. Like wh- what a what a bunch of weirdos, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh man, I love this mind wars uh, 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 section here. Yeah, some real ups and downs. I love, love, love this first page with this huge spaceship graveyard. And then oh, yeah. this like it's like a version of the Matrix almost, like, you know, 20 years ahead of time of her levitating all these different pieces of the spaceships in the air so they can get to them real fast and stuff. I think that's really great. And then again, I also love just the uh just um having some. Having some intrigue within the Juggler so much they've Mm -hmm. just been sort of top down from the Cosmol and then not really like sort of thinking for themselves, I guess.
1: Yeah, 100% evil, but he's killed enough of his own dudes. Yeah, that they're sort of tired of his shit, basically. (laughs) (laughs) We want to unionize.
0: Yeah, so they're like, listen, we're going to take this guy out um and yeah so i i think um uh mind Wars is very much in my top for this one and an exciting story and i'm you know this it's really heating up like we're really kind of getting to the climax of mind wars and that's very exciting for sure cool all right i hope everybody enjoyed the show if you like what you're hearing, check out our weekly podcast space spinner 2000 from your favorite podcast provider you can contact us at spacepin2000 at gmail.com. The 2084s are on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. And if you'd really like to support us, we'd truly appreciate it. So check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash It's your podcast network. Please check out the links for collected editions of these comics below. I think, you know, you could check out Get These Stories for your very own. And then, um, you know, hey, Eli... Where can we find you on the internet? Where can we find your work? Because I know you are a comic artist and I think people would be very interested to see what to see your stuff. Oh, yes.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, you can find a lot of my work. Uh, most of it's in uh, web comics right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So if, uh, if you're in web comics, uh, you can find my work on uh, Webtoons. Uh, you, uh, just sl- search Slim Stories. You can also search them by their title. I have several stories. Dog of the Dead, Action Land, like one, yeah. 101. Uh, and yeah I, I try to you know make a story for uh every type of person I try to uh, Heck yeah. Uh, yeah share it out there um, also um yeah, I guess that's really it uh, you can find also find me on Facebook, same search and Instagram, even though I don't really post on there but <laughs> if you wanna you know keep hope alive that I'm gonna one day post some stuff
0: <laughs> listen follows encourage action. I think we all know that for sure right. I awesome. yeah, definitely really suggest checking out Eli's stuff he's a great artist um, I, I really love a lot of his work and you know he's a, he's a part of the of the Space Spinner family in a very big way you know soon enough we're sort of counting down to the magazine and that's when all of these worlds are going to collide so I'm really glad we were able in the early days to get Fox and Eli in one place to kind of you know show they aren't just the same person with different voices or something different people that's how exactly it goes
2: worlds collide.
0: yeah listen Crisis on Infinite Podcasts. That's always the move.
3: Right.
2: Beautiful.
0: <laughs> Come I back next. Yeah. <laughs> Come back next hour as Mind Wars is under glass. Strontium Dog visits the family. Robusters goes for a hike. And Holocaust sees the brighter things in life. Until then, I'm Conrad there, Fox, and Eli, and we are the Space Spitter Star Lord a thon. Keep watching the skies. <laughs> Hail Star, oh. Troop- Hail oh, star Troopers, my name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 19th hour of the Space Spinner star lord a a live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci-fi comic Star-Lord one issue at a time. This hour, it's 10 p.m. in Los Angeles, and we're covering Star-Lord issue 17, cover date September 2nd, 1978. This time, Robusters are walking on the moon, Our Ardini's watching every breath she takes, uh, Johnny Alpha's putting on the red light, and you shouldn't stand too close to the zombies of Holocaust. Oh, man. <laughs> I got silly towards the well end of writing these, man. It's crazy. Um, you can find the comics we're covering today in team Dog, She Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Red Magazine numbers 408 and 409. And our guest this hour, we're very glad to be joined by friend of the show, Leigh. Welcome aboard, friend.
2: Hi, comrades. And hello, Fox. Uh, good to meet you as well. After, hello. After, after all these years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's been, honestly, one of my favorite things about this um, Star Lord-a-thon is folks being able to actually interact with Fox and see that he's not just like some elaborate um, ruse that I've been playing on everyone. Yes. He doesn't no, know I'm, well, to I'm to an uncontrollable
2: that Fox, mess. Fox, That's uh, right. To prove that Fox is not a robot. Yeah.
1: I—I uh, I mean, listen, man. Personal questions aside, I'm not a robot, or am I? Ooh, It's mysterious. The part of the shadow cabal that's run by the lizard people in the moon behind the dark side of the moon. It's complicated. Whoa! Too much
2: Holocaust. Uh, Fox <laughs> <I've> been reading. <laughs> so it's already uh, its already having an impact. Oh How no! How could
0: this happen? to me? Don't go for those Holocaust guys, Fox all right so like what's your experience with starlord have you had a ch- have, have you ever had a chance
2: to read these stories before uh well yes um i was, uh, I was a bit too young to to get star lord i just missed it <laughs> um started reading two thousand a d early nineteen eighty one uh strontium dog was my first story there yeah in, yeah. in, in that i think if, when I, when it was on the winter special there's the there's the very long version of my history in two thousand eighty <laughs> <laughs> um but to cut long story short, I fell in love with Strontium Dog. That was my story, um, and then I had to read all Strontium Dog that, that I had ever been. So I went oh. back uh, through the old through the comic shops. Oh, absolutely uh, excellent. Uh, rest, rest in peace, Readers' World, uh, where <laughs> oh. I was able to pick up all the old Star Lords. Um, I think, in fact, the last 2018 related thing I ever got probably was the, the 1982 Star Lord Annual. Oh wow. Uh, we, oh man, was, I'm so sorry. Uh, Completely. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, the one we uh, read, right? God, no, no, we read no, the no, eighty, no.
0: but I'm sure, I'm sure the one from two years later couldn't have been that much better. For <laughs> yeah, the record, not much of an
2: improvement. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so uh, the uh, so Star Lord is uh, pretty close to my heart, even though I wasn't there at the time. Just, just, just for bringing uh, Strontium Dog to me it's uh, as I said, more my, Strontium that's, that's Dog. Thing.
1: Yes, please. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, so let's get started here on the uh on the issue. The cover is an in fed propaganda poster. They're very clear to show us right away. It's drawn by John Higgins, early work for Higgins here. And it's Earth's last day because the clone wars have arrived. Begun, these clone wars have. Oh God. Mm. Right. Mm, yeah, so I,
2: wonder, I wonder where they got that idea. from.
0: It's probably, yeah, that that <laughs> one throwaway line in uh, in in Star Wars where Obi Wan helped in the Clone Wars, I guess.
2: Yeah. Uh, if only George Lucas had seen this cover, it could have been all different, so so different. It's better uh, helmets,
0: yeah, slightly better helmets, uh, worse skin, you know, but that's just how it goes.
2: Yeah, just I, mean, just I mean, just jump forward. I mean, obviously, Star Lord a bit later on discusses this, doesn't he? The 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 story behind this.
0: this yeah, it's in the in the Star-Gram, Stargram section. He <laughs> sort of explains what's going on with these guys. But I, I do like this kind of just this blind... Of like identical soldiers watching side by side out of the ship, you know, and, like just real crazy clone dudes here to just uh, he so marching two by two, hurrah! Well, yeah, I, I
2: mean, he does, he does, he does ruin it though, doesn't he, uh, Starlord, when he explains <laughs> <laughs> what what we're looking at? In Reality kind of kind of takes the sting out of it. Oh he no! Explains, <laughs> he explains that they're all cardboard cutouts. <laughs> oh no! <sighs> These clones—it's
0: never what you think.
2: Well, I, I think it's, it's part of his um, recruiting strategy, isn't it? When he's, he's trying to say, don't worry. They're not really a threat. Join our D- army. Thanks.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, you got to just listen. If you and your friends just have kind of a treehouse out there, maybe, maybe with your uh, Star Lord stickers affixed to the walls, you're doing your part to fight the alien menace, you know? <laughs> but well, that, that reminds you, me, what's his badge? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Ooh. Oh my gosh, lay. I name you a robot regiment controller
2: in Star Lord's hey, hey.
0: army.
2: lento And uh, yeah, who do I have to kill first? <laughs> I mean, just give you me my right instructions.
1: <laughs> yeah, just take those robots and do some stuff with them. It'll be fine. Listen, man, time travel with a warden go kill Hitler. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or just standard know, fare. Yeah. So let's go
0: to blueprint one. Mind Mind Wars.
1: Oh, so beautiful.
0: Script Alan Hebden. Art Jesus Redondo, Lettering Peter Knight. I am loving this glass uh, giant
1: cake case that they put her in. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's very like, um, yeah, preserving a cake or an entree before it's brought out. Um, a juggler, Atmo Craft rejoins a mothership as a knocked out Ardini is in this hover bed and she's quickly transferred to this space casket we were talking about last episode (laughs) it's got kind of a snow white feel almost actually yeah in a a, a space casket also Um, she uses her power against it but it's got antimatter barriers or something, so it just caused her powers to uh, ricochet yeah, off and bounce around. It's proof against her powers. She's trapped and is being forced to use her powers for the forces of the juggler. Oh no! Ah oh, dang!
2: It's always the problem when you have these superpowered characters, isn't it? You've got a. It's like Superman. You've got a. They Come gotta on, find ways to, re- to restrict snacks. what yeah. they can
0: do yeah it's tough yeah. <laughs> meanwhile on the surface of Dithith, the rest of the party has gotten this new spaceship online they're preparing to take off first naming it the huntress of altair all right cool they're off on the juggler ship our denny rides as she tries to use her power to break through the glass uh case but no joy um, the Juggler then, these like Juggler captains contact Narutha. They reveal that they have our daddy captive and mean to use her power to unseat him. But Narutha is like, dude, like she is going to kill us if you do this. Like, there's a great part where he is like, Listen, like, I'll step down Like, you can be the new
1: Cosmol Just don't genocide us all If you kill her right now But if you don't, then she's gonna kill us You just brought the bomb To the base
0: It's real bad. These Jug Bros are pretty confident, though. Um, and because of that, and he's tired of them being jerks, and lets slip that there is a way to defeat the casket that kind of gives her something to think about, essentially. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before she figures it out. Meanwhile, the Huntress of Altair is being held up by a Federation warship with controller Dr. Varn aboard. Yose is unwilling to help his former boss, and so the Huntress will remain in the tractor beam
1: of the ship the Hope of Kanga. This guy's already fucked up so much. you want to keep doubling down on your bad ideas? I guess so. Like yeah, this I'll- yeah,
2: good. Oh, Alton Hebden, he, he, he loves to name all the ships, doesn't he, in this? I noticed with this review, I hadn't noticed it before, but every single ship, he has he's to give a name
0: Especially it's, the it's, human ones. I, I think yeah, less I, for the juggler ones, but definitely yeah. the human ones all have names.
2: You do get the sense that maybe this is – I mean, I people were saying earlier that he, this is one of Hebden's favorite stories. You, this is the one story where you get the sense that it's almost like setting a universe that he already had in his head, it's and amazing. all these ship names were things that he oh, – It's almost like he's, he's – not a oh, D&D yeah. campaign. He's, he's, he's uh, you know, but it's almost like this this sort of all existed.
0: I know what before, you mean. Yeah, all these uh, things have, are, are references to sort of deeper lore within this world that we are yeah, aware of. Yeah. That like Kanga or Altair, these things have sort of deeper meanings for him.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, nearby our Denny's being taunted by what with water inside her case. Like, oh, I bet you're, bet you're thirsty. I'm like, do what we say. And she's just crouched in her space casket. Like, do oh, choke on your damn water. I'm going to kill you guys soon enough.
1: Man, don't taunt a super psychic.
0: Nah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> inside the uh, casket, she sort of th- wonders what to do. She's incredibly thirsty, and thus uh, she focuses on Yose Tillman to try to send him a message. Aboard the Kanga, Yose seems to get that message and desperately runs to the bathroom to just drink out of the faucet. He's so thirsty.
1: Man, this transmission
0: when he looks up in the mirror he sees our denny reflected in there and then she like reaches out and takes over her mind or takes over yose's mind we see like her kind of ghostly head oh, yeah. above his head here you know kind of calling the shots possession time that's right. Yeah. Um, so she communicates with these um, Lenarthian traitors, these lion dudes, Creta uh, and Bruda, and the trio attack and retake the ship. Basically, <laughs> they sort of tie up these goons and Dr. Varn and go back to help and prepare to help uh, Ardenny. Man, that was real easy for them to do. That's right. Holding the uh, controller captive makes it a simple enough thing to try to get the tractor beam removed. And back with the Juggler, they've picked up Ardenny's psychic am- emanations and turned to the space casket. And they said to turn up the power on that casket. And thus the antimatter shield is now about to crush her.
1: <sighs> not not a good thing here for this This poor, psychic woman. She's having a bad time, you know. Get (laughs) inside of a space coffin, you're
0: going to have a bad time. It's true. Next time on Mind Wars, I'm dying, Telman.
2: Help me! Uh, I mean, I said, Mind Wars is uh, fantastic stuff, I think, um... Uh, I've already said, when I was last on, uh, yeah. how, how much I love Redondo's art. He was there when I started yeah. reading Return to Armageddon. was running in 2000 AD. Definitely. Um, uh, and this is uh, it's almost another level, isn't it, with the, the better printing and the, the, the all the grayscale oh, stuff going on. Just just amazing stuff. Um, and the space opera stuff works uh, for me. Alan Hebden's storytelling style as we'll see a bit later on, yeah. you know, it, 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 it can jump about a bit, but this is very Flash Gordon-y yeah. oh, uh, yeah. and it works. It just works when, when, when things suddenly take a, Take take a wild turn, you know it's space. So that's it. Yeah. Okay. No, you know, <laughs> Things are think they're
0: twisting and turning, but there clearly seems to be an end in mind, and things are sort of yeah. constantly rushing in that direction. Very makes things really exciting, I think. And just man, Redondo's art is so amazing. It's so like just the way he draws our Denny so much. These different poses she's in, how she's like writhing in pain and being really angry at her captors and stuff is really amazing. It's it's great stuff yeah. for
2: sure. You, you wonder if, if Death death. Plans- needs to been drawn by Redondo. Whether it does have a Ugh. have a better better reputation? It could
0: be. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like Pikachu walkie talkies. You
1: can't art that away.
0: And I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but just that uh, Death Planet really gets like the uh, Lorna Varne's character gets her legs cut out early on by having mm. sort of this male secondary, you know, this male sort of uh, 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 co-protagonist. That sort of takes a lot of the active roles. That sort of was here at the start of Mind Wars, but then they killed him off, and so it really kind of became uh, uh, uh story oh, That's here. true. Mm. That takes us to our next blueprint, The Snatch, which is a little three-page feature
1: shock here. Ooh, nice. Nice and short. Loving the color, though.
0: Yeah, script uh, Alan Hebden, Art Pena, lettering robot S. Richardson, or letterer S. Richardson. Quick little one high above Los Angeles, where I am. A spaceship sees a bunch of people driving cars. And they say, like, I knew this planet was was inhabited by beings like us. The spa- the spaceship descends, knocking into a jetliner as it goes. It causes a massive vehicle pi- pile up, which the aliens see as oh, no. people being overly jubilant about their coming. This is a future shot <laughs> um,
2: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, Fox. Um, that spaceship... Is very um, Kevin O'Neill. It looks like mm. His design, it. It, look, it sort of stands out as different. Yeah, maybe, it's, maybe
0: it's it's got it's got kind of a bulbous look that I think makes yeah it's a little different than some of the other vehicles that we're seeing. in here. Yeah,
2: yeah. I wonder. I wonder whether he, whether he uh, just because uh, I know the one of the problems was always that, that, that they said you know that some of the artists didn't get what they were after and they would have to like, they just draw mm. like a space so like a little, little uh, flying saucer. So they may have gone. Oh, could be. He, uh, hit, 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 draw, draw the spaceship like this, because <laughs> that looks really, really, really detailed that hard detail detail. in that last, yeah, in that last panel particularly.
0: Could be. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to tell. Um, the the uh, jet, some jet fighters coming to retaliate against the UFO as the city burns below, because you know a jetliner just crashed into LA. <laughs> But the UFO just just swats these fighters away. Soon out in the countryside, they spot a police car and beam it up with a tractor beam. Hey, oh, with the snatch complete, they head back into space and begin cleaning this new life form. Mechanical oh, yep, arms yep, yep. grab Damn the it. cops inside of the car, pull them out, and flush them out the airlock. Because this is an alien race of cars. It's that Pixar movie. Come to cars life. Cars no go good. <laughs>
2: Yes. Um, mm, well, it's only three pages long. It's a, you know, that's that's good. It's, it's the, the future perfect shock. future shock. And it and is perfect. Get it's it, right. get it's out it's, it's,
0: it's, a page turn, separating the punchline. It's what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. Air horns, etc. <laughs> it,
2: yeah, it's very similar to the stuff Hebden did in 2000s, and it's sort of this mm. jokey, jokey short. Keep it short. Like, yeah, know, it's just sort apply. of you
0: know <laughs> <laughs> having a
1: having a punchline, sort of building up mm. to that. That the whole thing for sure. I feel like we didn't get Carlians and Car-Aliens in uh, in Future Shock, so I appreciate I, yeah, this. Yeah, I don't
0: remember. I mean, I feel like we we had one or two, like there was sort of a maximum overdrive type one yeah. that uh, uh, yeah. Alan Moore did. All of them were empty. That's kind of a famous one.
2: Mm.
0: Um, but let's continue on. Enough of this Future Shock stuff. Let's talk about Blueprint 3, Strontium Dog.
1: Hey. Oh, boys.
0: Uh, script, John Wagner's TB Grover. Art, Brendan McCarthy lettering Steve Potter. Tough bounty hunters, Johnny Alpha and Wolf, along with their medic and companion, the Gronk, travel across Earth to Charity Valley, where they meet dun, 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 Johnny's sister and her daughter, Marcy, and her husband, Nigel. What?
2: <laughs> you, you know all about these already, Fox. You, 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 you'll you'll do, remember. Do these
1: recurring characters that have always recurring been there. Ruth. Yeah.
2: Yeah, Ruth. Ruth. Does turn up in uh, portraits of Review. So. Yeah, we I see, see her a that, couple of sure. times
0: um, yeah. sort of helping out a young Johnny and there's sort of a moment right at the end of the war where she says, I'm moving off planet with Nigel. And it seems like <laughs> such a non sequitur, but it's a reference to these characters here.
1: Ah, <laughs> Vague memories.
0: It's a it's a minor thing, but I think it is just sort of a little thing tying in Star yeah, Lord just, to the lar- to uh, two thousand AD version of John. I'm, I'm just so glad cool. that
2: glad they remembered Nigel and didn't write him out of the uh, <laughs> the continuity. There,
0: look at this guy with this pipe. He's such a Nigel. <laughs> oh my god! Star got them light, got them Star frames, baby its
2: pipes, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, a it really does.
2: pipe. <laughs> and, uh, that was fantastic. And Nigel, Best uh, pipe.
0: so everybody's real happy to see each other lots of hugs and all that stuff good times they introduce him to the gronk and stuff but then sadly the the shoe drops because they ask why he's here and he's here on business Mm. and we see sorry these guys uh robot butler mr softy here as well He's
2: freaking That's me out. Mister right. Softy, um, yeah, uh, I don't like Mister Softy. Completely strange a
0: robot butler. I don't, know, sure. I don't know if it's
2: how he's dressed, but he, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not enjoying him. <laughs> it's the weird big smile and the, the like kind of
1: antennae that throw me off a bit. It's a robot. The, it's you it's know? Very pants, very
2: baggy trousers. <laughs>
0: Suddenly there's noise outside and some of the locals are throwing stuff at Nigel because he's harboring a, Stronti, a strontium dog and nobody likes that. Sure, move. Um, uh, Johnny steps in. He's used to being insulted, but his animal isn't. He's, and Gronk plays rabbit. He's going crazy. <laughs> Flashing oh, his big central mouth and all of his arms and stuff. He scares all these people away
1: but oh man his poor heart says yeah he could barely is, handle it
2: i have to say the more gronk cruelty from uh, Johnny Alpha here oh, he, he, he was he, he was blowing up um, the the bag in the last story wasn't he yeah yeah <laughs> to trying scare to, him. trying to give right. the gronk a heart attack. <laughs> he does it, and he does it in some other in in a few other of these early strati dog stories he's, he's always trying to give the the gronk a heart attack and then laughing about it afterwards and damn the bullies? Sending the Gronk out to do, the, uh, to do his dirty work there. He's a, a bit of a low blow there for Johnny. Shocking,
0: I mean. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Um. They come back in and the house is going dark and suddenly things are going real crazy. All oh, hell is breaking loose. There's like poltergeist stuff going on. Ceiling tiles are melting and when the droplets oh. fall on the ground, they're turning into crazy demon monsters. Someone spiked the tea. <laughs> Something. Mr. Softy. Uh, oh, no, they destroy the Mr. Sword. Softy. <laughs> um, at the last minute, Wolf pulls out a dealie, a telekind shield, and it keeps these monsters out. Yeah, all right. The monster, they destroy Mr. Softy, but eventually the storm fades. Uh, Wolf does offer to fix Mr. Softy as good as new because he's got some fixing abilities, I guess. And He put some points into it. Yeah, and Johnny. Viking's
2: know how to fix robots. It's uh, one of their skills. (laughs) Yeah,
0: you know, you pick it up from from your Viking uh, uh, skill line. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny explains that an old enemy of his, a Sedan, Master of Chaos, is on the loose and here preparing to get revenge on Johnny by attacking his own
1: sister. Master of Chaos. That's a that's a title.
0: Yeah, that demon maker is hiding, waiting for his chance to destroy us all. Next time, you're on a fool's errand, Johnny Alpha.
2: That's it's uh, great stuff. I, I really like it. Brendan McCarthy's. I'm uh, like a Nigel I mean, man. Uh, it's, it's very. Um, I do wonder what what because there's a there's a comment earlier, isn't there? Ruth when 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 they find out he's there on business, and Ruth says, "Um, isn't there enough hype for us here already?" And you think, well. For what reason? And I've now created a whole uh, sort of story in my head of, of, of Nigel as some kind of Atticus Finch style mutant Ooh. rights lawyer out in Charity <laughs> Valley. In, um, That's excellent.
0: I mean, I guess it would make sense, sort of, if your, if your dad was a uh, Creelman, that you would sort of, you know, be looking for ways to help mutants and stuff. I mean, just if yeah. just to atone or whatever. To kill a mocking dog, etc. cetera.
2: Yeah. Nigel no, needs to come back.
0: <laughs> I'm ready. Listen, I'd, I'd, buy, I'd buy like a prog that has a courtroom drama of Johnny Alpha's lawyer brother or something. That's <laughs> a weird story. I'd go for it. <laughs> that takes us to Blueprint 4, Robusters. Script Chris Lauder, as as jack Adrian, Art Carlos Pino, lettering Paul Bensberg. Howard Quartz, Mr. 10% is being attacked by demons. Oh, no, wait. It's just demon-looking aliens that are masseuses at O'Gonsel's Spa. Sure, why not? They're also his personal bodyguards, and they can project sweet force fields, as he proves, by just freaking pulling out a gun and shooting one of them.
1: Damn, man.
0: Sadly, the force field's so powerful, the bullet ricochets off of it and into Howard Quartz, and he's got to hey, go man. to the hospital. That's not how you treat a guest. Mm-mm. He's wondering what's happened with his robots, and as he's whisked away, Ogonso gets a hollow message from Mr. Goltz, who is this henchman we saw last episode. He's got kind of a Han Solo flair with his vest and stuff, I'm just saying.
1: Got a sweet scarf.
0: Yeah, definitely. You no know, energy going on. Yeah, it seems that the droids were blasted to frame lunar diggings for this big massacre... So the whole place will be taken over by the UPA, which will then cancel Lunar Digg's lease. And Ogonzo can take it over because apparently Lunar Diggs is just sitting on a big deposit of uh, Viratium, which is, of course, the most rare and valuable element in the solar system.
1: So much corporate intrigue that just happened.
0: Yeah. One problem is that, of course, Rojas and Hammerstein escaped. But Golt is after them. They've jammed their, uh, the, uh, stolen truck's gyro compass, so they're headed just straight into the wasteland and, you know, to nowhere. Man, the whole moon is wasteland. But there's occasional settlements, and I think they're just going to the non-settlement parts.
1: Damned map quest. Mm-hmm.
0: Messed with their Garmin, you know? <laughs> Grab your Garmin. <sighs> Aboard the van, the droids are entertaining the kids in various ways, letting them climb on each other, just sort of generally chewing on metal just to be real cool. But as they go, where am I? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. But they think they're on the way, but one of the kids looks out and says they aren't going the right way. Like, this isn't the way to Crater City. Get out of here.
1: I guess they can just tell.
0: I mean, I think they know, like, East or West or something like that, I guess. Space East, Space West, something like that. <laughs> the droids check the compass and realize that it's been sabotaged. Bad times. They search the vehicle for other stuff that's out of place. They find a bug, which Rojas, sorry, which Hammerstein smashes. And Goltz has had enough of these guys messing around, so decides to activate the bomb that's here on, on the space van. But they just
1: didn't do it before, but I guess whatever, now's a good time.
0: I guess they didn't want to kill these folks they didn't have to as opposed to just letting them die out in the wilderness. Luckily yeah, or maybe they
2: wanted ho- to be far enough away that they could blow it up and no one would ever find it. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that
0: could be true, too. Um, yeah. Luckily, our heroes managed to get free of the uh, bomb just in time. Don't look back at the explosion, jump away from it, etc. Um. So, now they gotta walk to Copernicus Station, which is rough. <laughs> Ugh. Not gonna be good. Lots of space dust. Absolutely. Listen, as they go, Hammerstein goes to to uh, cross a crater, but it's full of space dust, and that's moon quicksand. Oh no! <laughs> I gotta say, I'm shocked that it took us 19 episodes to get to a quicksand scenario in Star Lord. <laughs> wow, is that is that like a? A thing that happens. I mean, I feel like seventies. The seventies is of like yeah, a big thing for quicksand. for quicksand. You know, like that's fair. It's like kind I mean, of an adventure trope. Yeah. yeah,
2: this this is just this is the year just before uh, Flash Gordon, which has the classic yeah. quicksand monster slug sinking into absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah, listen, it's just a big it's a big trope of the era. I think everybody can agree yeah. on that. This is
1: Moon Quicksand. That's a good move.
0: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so next time on Robusters, flat on the ground, kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's
2: yeah, good uh, yeah. to say is this is is this the first one Pat hasn't done or maybe the one before did, Pat didn't do but they they they, they kind of yeah, got I, got the got got they've got the mood right, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I, mm. I, I think the previous one was another Chris Lauder joint. Either I think he one. sort of yeah. started taking over Robusters once Time Quake ended basically.
2: Yeah, but, uh, it's good. I like the I like the um the the the, the fake star. The this is where you think that um that ten percent has been is being, being beaten up, but it's oh, just yeah, the, that's uh, great. Massage. So that's a great great intro. Yeah.
0: no, I I like these cyclops demons as well. Like these are just fun yeah. fun designs for these guys, the little loincloths and stuff like that. Yeah. Can't stress enough. I love a cyclops. Oh, definitely. So uh, now we've got a teeny tiny stargram this week, half a page. He explains that uh, with his lessons, you'll never have to fear from instill-fed propaganda and a kid in a production of Oliver in London reads Star-Lord in between uh, performances and stuff, which is pretty cool. And again, we get, get the background of these clones producing a number of people with, uh, you know, all this uh, whatever um, – Things, but indeed, like you said, they they are in fact nothing more than cleverly disguised cardboard cutouts. So have no fear, Star Troopers. And no takes the wind out of their sails. <laughs> Yeah, and get some stamps. Always a but good th- time for stamps.
2: Yeah, he's, he's, oh, good again, Lord. The, the, he gives the other the other letter there where they say, "Oh, if, if you all joined forces, you could you could beat the Interstellar Federation." And he sort of he he, he sort of poo-poos that pretty quick doesn't he yeah great idea that would be a great victory a great victory for them <laughs> oh no <laughs> because they just they just one us all out in one go <laughs> you gotta be a, careful a bit there. more positive I'm a bit more positivity star lord come on <laughs> my <laughs> god <laughs> so let's
0: go on to our final story of right now blueprint five holocaust so oh here we go script alan hebden art horatio lalia lettering steve
1: potter Time to suck on some gas, I guess.
0: Yeah, Sister O'Hara is the boss of the Bakersfield Veterans Hospital, but she hears weird noises coming from the morgue. She goes to investigate and finds all the corpses alive and attacking Carl Hunter. Oh, bad times. He asks for fire to fight them, because we know that's their weakness. But uh, she's freaking out and thinks she needs a fire extinguisher as well. Or instead, but she doesn't even get that. Instead, she gives him a uh, canister of laughing gas.
1: Oh God! Just nitrousing everybody.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the zombies attack him, and he drops the uh, drops the canister, filling the room with nitrous oxide, sending him and the zombies into fits of laughter. Good to know the zombies uh, can also
1: <laughs> take it. I guess. Yeah, I mean to be
2: this is uh, this is this is this is. Uh, predicting the future better than a lot of the stories, isn't it? With uh, the, the, the the nitrous oxide. Uh, <laughs> like,
0: uh, Very uh, exciting here for sure.
2: He's uh, he's, uh, he's predicting the future. a on. I've seen a lot of zombies walking around Birmingham. Oh yeah, uh, high on uh, nitrous oxide. Oh all...
1: no. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Shrapnel everywhere.
0: everywhere. <laughs> Um, finally, some cops come, and when Hent- and when Hunter asks them not to shoot the zombies, they shoot him instead. Oh, jeez, it's a misunderstanding. He pushed his way to a phone and then laugh asks Colonel Minsky to get down here and clear all these guys out. By the time they this arrive, is a joke to you, buddy, listen, this kind of is, I guess by the time he arrives, this whole place is just a crazy uh, like mixture of laughing zombies and people running in fear, very exciting
1: times. <laughs> It's uh, not a not a scene that I need to see in my own personal life, I guess.
0: Yeah, Minsky soon quells the crowd as Hunter guzzles black coffee just like me. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> Suddenly, though, an old lady appears. Okay. Um, Starling the Colonel. It seems there's a man in her room that she belted with a bedpan, but he's still <sighs> there, laughing all the way. And that must be some kind of key alien dude. So uh? they got to find him and take him out. When they arrive, he's awake and climbing out of a third floor window. Uh, okay. Uh, and when they try to stop him, he jumps. Oh, no. But survives and like goes on the run. So all these soldier guys just kind of gang tackle him and take him down.
1: Yeah. Alien
0: stuff. Yeah. Pretty bad. They load him aboard a helicopter and then head to a secret base outside of Salt Lake City. This kind of looks like some wood huts and stuff, but then they go downstairs, and it's a huge underground science base full of monorails and everything. Look at this thing. Hell yeah. Public transportation in your science base. What more could you want? I mean, Black Mesa had it too, but that didn't really help. I mean, it's basically the same, I think. (laughs) Um... A scan of the orderly reveals that he's actually an organic brain in a mechanical body, some kind of android, and he's dying as we speak. Uh, Hunter takes a guess. Maybe he's hungry? They put a bunch of food in front of him, and soon he's just eaten steak like there's no tomorrow. Man needs flesh. As he's guzzling this steak, there's a call from the Pentagon as it seems six badge-shaped UFOs have appeared in the sky over Salt Lake City. (gasps) Which is gained? It's gained an impressive skyline, incidentally, since 1978. (laughs) (laughs) But if they don't get their Android back in an hour, they will attack and destroy Salt Lake.
1: Uh, Well, uh, we should probably protect it.
0: Yeah, come on, be cool. You know, next time on Holocaust.
1: And then it came out of the north. man I'm this is a hard one I still for the love of God I cannot follow the story
2: <laughs> yeah it's just jumping around all over the place isn't it it's
1: it's uh, uh, you know we who are the aliens um, who's the bad we haven't really
0: figured it out I mean this Android is the closest we've seen to an actual representative of an alien instead of just sort of a, a, a brainwashed uh human basically because
2: we're calling also- them the zombies aliens so it's too bad we've killed all the yeah. aliens but are they aliens i thought they were zombies they're pretty much and zombies
1: i, I think yeah, i do something. not understand <laughs>
2: it, it really is a bit it is a bit um yeah, it, it does feel like it's just, it's almost like somebody's it's a different person is writing each page. It's <laughs> a waking game, handing it round.
0: <laughs> and it sort of moves from 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 page to page as well. Yeah, definitely not Hebden's yeah. – I mean, not even Hebden's best work in Star Lord. You know, in comparison to to Mind Wars, this thing really pales in comparison. I think. But oh, I suppose
2: yeah. by this point, do you think they know the comic is done for, and whatever plans he had for the story? Uh, and he's like well i've got to just let's just i got
0: i mean it's hard to tell i think they're definitely on the road to it but i don't think they'll they'll know for a little bit more you can definitely see them hinting at it around like issue 20 i think we might be a little bit far away from it at this point Um, but yeah, our final thing the Prague ends with more sci fi hardware and stealth fed land cruiser, the self propelled mobile airbase for flying saucers, sort of a land aircraft carrier, essentially. Giant, right. terrifying to locals, beware. But I will we'll try. try, yeah, come on, it's just a model, it's okay, don't worry about it too much. Um <laughs> And with that, we've reached the end of Star Lord number 17. Oh, man. We continue to make progress. We'll never stop.
1: Uh, Please, please let there be a stopping
0: point. No, never. (laughs) I didn't tell you, Fox. There's actually a thousand issues of Star Lord. We're going to just keep doing them. Uh, That's right. uh, you fell for my trap, you fool. <laughs> Clever ruse. But for this hour, I must know, Lay and Fox, what are your top and bottom stories for Star-Lord number 17? Lay, what you what do you like? Oh, and what's, what's working out for you?
2: It's Actually, it's, I, I, I always thought that um, by sort of the halfway point of, of Star-Lord, it was starting to, to get a bit creaky. But actually... Um, the only thing in here that I, I didn't enjoy was, was Holocaust. The, the the rest of it um, uh, stood up. Uh, nice. So, yeah, Holocaust is kind of a clear. Uh, it wouldn't been so bad maybe if it was just four pages instead of eight or however many mm. it, it is. I mean, I mean good going for, for Lalia to just keep knocking out these pages. I mean, did he. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been drawing it since. Some- Few few episodes there, he? yeah. Eight no pages it, a week. <laughs> I don't know how he's Yeah,
0: I mean, man, it's so, <laughs> like it's so crazy that like we sort of come into these British comics and like they're all like four or five pages, and that seems short. But then we get to one of these eight pages, and it's just a slog. It's like, oh my I god,
2: this is it. I mean, it does show you the the the, the um. The, 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 the difference in storytelling where people sort of say, you know, they, they stretch out, you know, five pages over 22 pages in an American comic. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and uh, which is is for good or ill because when you get a double dose of, of something like this sort of uh, storytelling it, it, and, and and you're not on board drag. with it, it really drags. It's <laughs> like, oh, just, just end now, please. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mind Wars is just fantastic. Redondo's art there is... Brilliant, and as I say, I, I like that kind of Flash Gordon mm. uh, sort of type of space opera. Anyway, I, I, you know, I've always got got time for it, even if it is a bit a uh, bit hokey. Um, it, it just really works. Uh, uh, say with, for an artist like Redondo, but for me, my top has got to be it's got to be Strontium Dog. I mean, Brendan McCarthy's art is it's a bit yeah, it's a bit crude. Obviously, this is the must be the I the second or third thing he's done for uh, 2008, isn't it? But um, so he's just sort of. He's working, he's working some sort of a kinks out that he's sort of a uh, style. But it's just wonderful that, that, that Nigel, I'm in love with Nigel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I <laughs> Big could see Nigel I'm energy. With him. Um, his glasses, his pipe, excellent. Uh, and the idea, and, the, and it's a great, it's just, it, it's the, the difference in storytelling. You've got, the, the, just Wagner is just so great at introducing characters and making you love them straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, you've got Nigel, just a few pages, and we, you know, and, and Ruth, uh, and we just know who that family are. We know, you know, decent people. You put in contrast with the uh, the rest of the town. Bit of a joke, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, scene of cron cruelty there, but you know, that's a bit of light there. Uh, and then the twist, then when it suddenly gets turns very dark with the uh, the demons turning up and Mr. Softy getting uh, getting torn to pieces. Poor Mr. Um, Softy, yeah. And that's set up there for there's this thing out there waiting for us, and it wants it wants to kill kill us all. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> storytelling, just fantastic. Uh, that's how you that's how you do, that's how you do it. In out, set up your characters, a bit of a joke, get dark, get serious, uh, yeah. and you're out. Just uh, you know that that's why Wagner is is the man, really, isn't it? It's just just brilliant stuff. Absolutely. Uh,
0: it's a lot of fun, Fox. Well, how about you? What do you
1: What do you got for top and bottom for me here, buddy? Oh man, buddy, Holocaust can get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's yeah. easy. Um, but you know, I'm I I actually you know heartfelt from you, Lay. Like I'm 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 there with you on on Strontium Dog, but uh, there's too much lady writhing for me not to choose mine first. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm super into it feels campy but uh, you know redondo's just killing it right now and, and the stories uh, i'm in man now that the incest is gone oh you're going back and forth on whether you want or don't I want the incest i can't in help mind it. Wars, all right here yeah, how about this floaty lady head above you feels real good
0: yeah listen i'm saying like drunk fox really into that incest more sober fox perhaps reevaluating his stance telling That's what i'm trying to say yeah telling telling details buddy
1: Conrad, Mm. instruct me. Blueprints, you and words. Hard, good. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm gonna say my.
0: I mean, it's hard not to pick Holocaust, and so that's what I'm gonna pick for my bottom. (laughs) It's not great. Um, I do how I do kind of think that these laughing zombies is pretty funny, but like, there's just a lot as well as those laughing zombies that sort of pull the rest of it down. Oh yeah. <sighs> um for my top Fox, you make a strong point about a writhing Denny. But in the end, I think I'm gonna have to go strontium dog as well. I really like Brendan McCarthy's version of this stuff. Um like I, I, I really like this opening moment of like the happy family and things. I think that's really great. And then to sort of go from those happy moments to like the terror of of, these, of this demon attack and stuff it's is it, a really great contrast and I think that's a really good story, visual storytelling for this for this uh, Strontium Dog tale so that's going to be my top I think, a lot of fun excellent, alright so I hope everybody enjoyed the show, if you like what you're hearing, of course, check out Space Spinner 2000 our weekly podcast you can contact us at Space Spinner 2000 at gmail.com 2008 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages uh, if you really want to support us, we'd definitely appreciate it, and feel free to check out our Patreon at patreon.com/slashcradeline, and uh, check out links in the About section to find some collector editions of these comics we're talking about. Uh, Lay, where can we find you on the internet if you'd like to be found?
2: Uh, uh, yes, I don't do much internet stuff. I'm on the um, the 2000 AD forums, uh, uh, but uh, not doing much on there. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 more findable um, in physical form. Um, in the form of um, Dog Breath, um, yes. the um, the must-be-the-longest-running-2000AD fanzine by now, I, I, I'd imagine. Oh, damn, uh, so, yeah. It's a Strontium Dog uh, fanzine, so specifically based on uh, Strontium Dog uh, stories. Um, I've done a bit of art in there, but mostly I do the uh, case files where I review uh, Strontium Dog story, or two, or three, each issue sure. of uh of, uh, of dog breath. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Don't stroke.
0: Excellent. That's great. Yeah. And everybody, please come back next hour as Mind Wars gets ejected. The Robusters are dog fighting. We learn about the Strontium Dogs grudge, and it's stake time in Holocaust. <laughs> <sighs> Until then, I'm Conrad there, Fox and Lay, and we. Are the Space Spinner Star Lord a thon? Keep Let's watching. All the skies. <laughs> Hail, Star Troopers! My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox, and it's the 20th hour of the Space Spinner Star Lord a A live stream where two Americans discuss the UK sci fi comic Star Lord one issue at a time. It's 11 p.m. in Los Angeles, and this hour we're covering Star-Lord issue 18, cover date, September 9th, 1978. This time, Mind Wars has delusions of grandeur, Robusters takes to the sky, Strontium Dog gets conventionally super heroic, and Salt Lake City is saved.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah. You can find the comics we're covering today in Strong Team Dog, Agency Files 1, Robusters Volume 1, and the Judge Dread Magazine Issues 48 and 49. So, the cover here, we got several people all twisted around. I can invade mine. Stop time. Warp space. I have the power.
1: Oh, it's real weird.
0: Don't underestimate our daddy's evil eyes, buddy. And I like how um, I think one of these faces in this is is uh, Charles Bronson from uh, Death from the Death Wish movies as well. Oh man,
1: mm-hmm. it does look Charles Bronson. Yeah,
0: listen, I tell the truth, all right. Um, but let's get started. Speaking of Mind Wars, let's jump right in. Ooh, the coffee with mm-hmm. uh, Blueprint One Mind Wars script Alan Hebden, art Jesus Redondo, lettering Peter Knight.
1: More writhing.
0: Yeah, our Denny's, and she's getting, like, twisted. You can see that her body's, like, changing, getting weird angles and stuff inside this antimatter space casket. (laughs) As the field messes with the juggler ship overall as well, there's just too much antimatter for things to hold. They plan to eject the space cast into, into space. Meanwhile, the Huntress of Altair, or of Altair, sorry, I got confused with the Assassin's Creed guy, <laughs> has been released from the tractor beam of the Federation ship as Ardenny is dragged to the airlock. Through the field, Ardenny goes through Yosei Tillman's what- mind at full blast, giving him delusions of grandeur, which I think is pretty funny. Like,. I've never felt better. The universe is mine to command, mine. And just the delusions of grandeur is funny because that's you know, mind wars is, has such a Star Wars basis, and that's such a big line in Return of the Jedi, which is still like oh yeah, five years away when this comic comes out. You know, I'm away for a few for a few weeks, and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. Luke a Jedi, etc um doesn't have time for that though she's about to be ejected so she takes direct control of yose god damn um and um and basically just teleports the hunt uh, takes the huntress and teleports it um around the casket in space like she just suddenly appears right in the middle of the ship basically even Ah, as she's kicked out the airlock whoa Good move. Yeah. The lions let her out of the space casket. Good job, guys. But uh, Yose has been knocked out by a psychic ba- backlash. With Ardenny free, the juggler are pretty scared. So they send their ship into components as well. I love when this happens and they just sort of like, you know, they just pull the pit and play 52 pickup with their ship, basically. <laughs> Big fun part of uh, of this world that we find ourselves in. But Ardenny is not interested in that. She grabs all the little ships and reassembles them with her brain, which doesn't seem oh. good. Damn. Meanwhile, on the Juggler homeworld, Narutha is yelling at a bunch of ship captains about everybody being so disobedient and stuff. When Ardenny once again appears as a ghostly head, taunting Narutha...
1: Man, reap what you sow, baby.
0: Absolutely. And um, listen, she just drops the ship right on top of the newly built palace.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so great. Crush.
0: <laughs> yeah. From the fire, they manage to pull the mast, the uh, shipmaster of the ship out. He's still alive and gets sentenced to death by Klee Fang. Oh, and it rips his face off. I love that Hell stuff. Yeah. Um, aboard the Huntress, Yosei's up and around, they put a spacesuit on Dr. Varn and they're like, listen, you've outlived your usefulness. They teleport him to a nearby asteroid field and then just, uh, ship off because they're going after the juggler homeworld on their own. I feel like he pretty much
1: deserves that marooning.
0: Definitely. And listen, I mean, he's the boss of space, so there'll someone will be by to help him sooner or later for sure. Next time on Mind Wars, give them a taste of the neuronic truncheons. Oh, what? We'll see. You know, they're neuronic, and they're truncheons. So you probably hit people over the head
1: with them. That seems right to me. And I oh, it's so... It's, it's gonna, I want to disassemble this neuronic truncheon thing, but... <laughs> Listen, it's
0: fine. I love um I, I love how taunting um our is here, just how she drops this ship on the palace. She just kind of shows up and she's just basically just haunting Narutha here. Like he can't be free, so they just so she just sort of like you know, messes with him whenever she gets the chance. It's pretty solid. Um but whatever, let's continue on to our second blueprint, Robusters. Script by Chris Lowder, is Jack Adrian. Art by Jose Luis Ferrer. Letters in by Paul Bensberg. We were not programmed for children care. It's true, and I think it's kind of weird, just that this, you know, we we've got this Star Lord, like ultra, like like purple and gold color, which are not really the colors I associate with Earth's Moon, which is
1: where the story takes place. Oh, that's a that's a very strong point.
0: But don't worry about it too much. Hammerstein and a little kid are sinking into the red dust of the moon when, when Rojaws reminds Hammerstein that he's got, like, cables for crossing ravines and stuff. Come on, buddy. Yeah, he tosses one to Rojaws, who pulls him out, but he uses his teeth to do so, so they're both going to need some refurbishing when they get back. And And Hammerstein's full of sand, for the record, but basically, okay. Except for that ship flying overhead. Oh, geez, What's that coming out of its ship butt? It drops a bomb on him, but it doesn't blow up. Must be a dud, I guess. But Hammerstein's seen this kind of thing before. It's not a dud. It's a time bomb.
1: Is <laughs> it different than a normal bomb?
0: I guess so. It just sort of drops down and then you wait for a second. Luckily, this gives Hammerstein time to grab the bomb and hammer it back at the ship, uh, dropping, oh, yeah. blowing it out of the sky. <laughs> Good move with the hammer. I like that. Definitely, the ship itself crashes on the surface of the moon, and they go to check it out. The crew is clearly dead, but with a few repairs, it'll be able to survive. It'll be able to fly again, and the ships can, and the kids can survive inside its hole in their spaceships or in their spacesuits, I should say. Um, They don't have enough air to get to Copernicus, but they could get to the actual Craterville, where they were supposed to be going. So that's convenient. Yeah, and when they get there, they could maybe find some key answers behind this whole conspiracy
1: they've been dealing with. Go to your quest marker.
0: Yeah, back at Copernicus... They're figuring out what these bots are going to do. And rich boss, Oganso, tells his head goon glatz to take a party and just kill everybody in Craterville to uh, make it look like the droids did it, basically. Um, meanwhile, Oganso also visits Quartz in his hospital bed. That's right here. And just sort of basically says like, hey, buddy, like your droids, they're killing all these humans. That's not good. You got to get it together, friend. Um, And because of that um, uh, Quartz springs into action And does what you always do when you have disobedient Robots and that's called Mechquake To the moon Hell yeah At Craterville something's happened to the dome That doesn't look good Another scout craft is coming after our heroes And then another is two of them Luckily, Hammerstein is a pretty decent pilot, so he's able to play chicken with one while another's on his tail, then dodge out of the way, so the two ships kind of smack into each other, basically.
1: Classic. Super classic.
0: Pretty good stuff, man. Um... Yeah, the bots arrive to find Goltz and his goons trying to take over the city. But Rojas and Hammerstein pile out and come out there fighting. Rojas got this new weapon he's going to use a lot, which is just spraying folks with caustic foam. Oh, that's great. uh, Clean things up, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, yeah. So, um, they file out, they inspire the locals to fight. Soon, Goltz and his company have been captured, and this seems good until a, a, a Robuster space carrier lands, inside of it is Mechquake, and he's got orders to do some big jobs to Rojaws and Hammerstein. Time to make some crash. Next time, the boss, he say, smash Rojaws and
1: Hammerstein. This, is, this feels like it's so. It's almost always this.
0: It. I mean, it comes up a lot, one hundred percent. Like you know, it's very much the same thing over. You know, Mech. You know, Mechquake's there to kill these other bots, and then. I guess he takes pleasure in his work. Yeah, I think he lives it up. I mean, he's having a good time. I think. Um. Yeah. And so let's go to. A, oh man, we're going way too fast. I don't know what to do, oh, Fox.
1: I. I am. I am. I will. I will endeavor to comment. It's I'm fine. Powering so up.
0: Go to blueprint three. Strontium dog.
1: Uh,
0: Script oh, robot John Boy.
1: Yeah,
0: he's got kind of oh, a master
1: of chaos.
0: Yeah, they did, listen, got a big head for big chaos mastery. Oh. Script robot John Wagner as TB Grover, art robot Ian Gibson. Ian Gibson on the page here. We haven't seen him yet. I mean, he may be helping out with some um, with some Mind Wars duty, but not his own name on the on the byline here. And then lettering by, by Peter Knight. Four years ago, Johnny Alpha and Wolf caught the evil sedan Master of Chaos. Oh, man, caught him. Not so masterful. I mean, you know, they're pretty good on their own, um, on their, they're, they're pretty good on, 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 on their own accounts.
1: Hold on a second, box. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's, it's doing a thing. <sighs> oh boy. I just got an
0: exception on my computer. So let me tell everybody... I'm just going to restart my computer, I think, Fox. I'll call you right back, all right? Yeah, sure thing. Let's just see if I can't do this. Eh. Nope. Okay. I think that's us back up and running, buddy. Oh yeah, I see it, we're in Alright, thank you so much everybody For being patient with us I uh, had some streaming problems, but we should be back uh, Here we go, so let's finish up Get back to work on this guy With this strontium dog So yeah oh. <clears throat> What's up? Something happened it, no, It's, it's live Oh, there we go Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting focus around But we should be good to go now um. Yeah. So they were. So uh, last time the Strontium Dogs were taken on the Master of Chaos, uh, Sudan. The chaos, boy. Yeah. Bad times. But they did manage to finally defeat him.
1: And I'm guessing it has something to do with that helmet.
0: Yeah. Well, once they captured him, they took him to this undersea prison undersea maximum security prison you know space arkham essentially well fantastic and they put a giant lead helmet on his head to block his psychic powers as that stuff kind of goes yeah lead seems to be the answer nothing can penetrate lead when it comes to psychic abilities i guess um natch of course as they did this at uh, a sedan swore revenge a few years later He tricked a guard into removing the helmet just a little bit because he was all sad. I've got a big helmet on my head and it makes me feel bad.
1: I'm getting some Mekon
0: vibes here. He
1: does have that big head and
0: that pushant for evil that you get from the Mekon for sure. Needs a needs a floaty chair. I mean, it does. You do see why you want the grandeur of that floating chair when you just have a big guy with a big head on the ground, you know? Mm-hmm. Need that support. Absolutely. Yeah. Fair enough, chair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The helmet interferes with my second ability. So does a bullet. Indeed. Got this dread action. But um, once this guy removes the helmet um the bar he uses these psych abilities to kill this guy with the bars and stuff and make his escape again (laughs) this is just classic batman stuff basically like oh we caught this guy and put him in an impenetrable prison but then he escaped who could have imagined such a thing was possible i mean not me no way Mm -mm. sedan has promised to destroy everything johnny loves so he's here to protect his sister ruth and her family sort of bringing us back to present here Really interested in how Gibson draws all these characters. It's a really interesting change from McCarthy last episode as well. Mm, yeah, so how well we see this, guys. Although Nigel remains incredibly affable, which I'm I'm very much in favor of. Just so much dad energy. He distribu- uh Johnny distributes psychic shields. To the family says he's gonna use a psy tector to find this guy. And they've Ooh. got
1: another psi mask to cap his powers. So much psy Fox. They gotta be prepared with all this lead-based side, anti psy anti-Psy I do,
0: I do love that they've got this giant helmet and it means they gotta just carry it around with them all the time. <laughs> like oh man, we gotta like this thing so much, we just gotta keep going with it, I guess. Just not that portable. You know, I think it's a it's a realistic problem of, you know, modern problems require modern solutions. And sometimes that means giant helmets, you know, (laughs) Um, an hour later, another Psy attack comes. But they're prepared. Gronk hides in his box as Johnny and Wolf use their detectors to uh, narrow down on Sedan. Um, they eventually arrive at like a uh, an, an abandoned where no, yeah, at an abandoned tenement block. There's demons and then everywhere.
1: shenanigans ensue.
0: They avoid the demons and stuff. They're getting close, but as they're about to strike, Sedan disappears, and Ooh. it seems that there was a Psy projector. That was okay. showing his image, but then it comes again, and we see a big, crazy monster holding Johnny's niece, Marcy. Oh, no.
1: Watch out for that gas. It's actually a chaos. He's got he's got the kid. That's bad times. We know that Johnny Alpha has, like, you know, this ratio with the children. He goes, he gets along with them pretty well, I think, generally speaking.
0: Survival but- Raid. Ooh, I mean, yeah, listen, these kids do die sometimes. I mean, he did have to see a space wizard that one time. I think we'll all remember that famously. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, next time on Strontium Dog, bring me my baby back, Johnny. Do you hear? Gotta listen to your sisters, man. Yeah, especially when it comes to bringing their kids back when one of your one of the villains you're arching with has endangered them, you know? Exactly. Your responsibility now, boyo. Yeah. On the next page, we've got an ad for next week's uh, Star-Lord, including a pretty sweet uh, Rojas and Hammerstein pinup. Always a yeah. good time. I like that plunger arm. You know, he's he stole from a Dalek, presumably, you know. Oh, wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, in Stargram, Star Lords again telling us to keep an eye peeled. The letter of the week is a clearly traced drawing of um is, is a clearly tra- traced drawing of, of a Johnny Alpha over here. Come I on, feel buddy. like we've seen this one. Um other letters include tips for space. Space disasters, re- reports of alien planets, and one writer thinks the comic is terrible, but he's also the biggest liar in the world. So it's one of those letters that's like a not at the end. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Opposite day kind of shenanigans. Bore adding these guys. And the password for the week is Algebron. So keep that in mind. I'm into this early Joe Pineapples over here. Which one? This guy in the upper right here? he has got the sniper rifle and stuff, you know. Just another alien in a list of many aliens, for sure. So many aliens, buddy. So many. And speaking of so many aliens, let's go to Blueprint for Holocaust. Oh, boy.
1: Time for some exposition.
0: Yeah. Script Alan Hebden, Art Horatio Lalia, Lettering Peter Knight. Aliens are flying over Salt Lake City. They want their android back. Uh Colonel Minsky, who's a colonel but now has a brigadier general star on his lapel. I don't know. Wow. Uh tried to fight back, but it's no good. The government won't let him do it. Plus, they haven't even found anything out from the droid. You know, he's just sitting there freaking pounding
1: the stakes. Steaks. Look at how many stakes this guy has. I mean, that's like a that's like a short stack of stakes, easily. <laughs> Definitely. They take him
0: up in an elevator to be given up. He, he'll go as so long as you give him more stakes.
1: I love I love that stake action here. It's pretty excellent. It's, it's like, you know, you're just like seeding the path that he has to take by putting stakes on the ground. Yeah, yeah. They um, they fly off to
0: Salt Lake and get dropped off. And eventually, sort of at this neutral meeting point in the Salt Flats, a UFO arrives. Uh, oh, more aliens, maybe. Always. They, so the UFO comes and they try to jam this robot into the UFO, but the android seems to get nervous about it. He doesn't want to go. Yeah, can't make me. You're not my dad. I guess so. Hunter radi- radios Minsky and says there's no choice. But as they try to jam him in there, the android leaps into action. He tosses some soldiers into the UFO and runs away. And the UFO takes off with the other guys aboard. Hunter chases after the air android who eventually trips. And Hunter kind of grabs him and tries to put him in an arm bar yeah. or something like that.
1: Stretch Armstrong shit going on. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But then the robot keeps running and his arm gets all stretched out. Kind of Mr. Fantastic style, basically. He keeps running and the arm gets stretched out more and more oh, and more. But eventually Hunter lets it go and the elastic force of the spring back Kind of snaps it back and, like, you know, knocks him over, basically.
1: <laughs> it's just so goofy. What the hell is going on in this comic? It gets real silly, you know. He,
0: uh, Hunter makes it clear that if you run again, I'll grab one of those rudder arms and shove it right up your ass. So he sort of agrees to sit still, basically. Oof, pushing rope. Definitely. And then the android pi- pi- uh, uh, points up in the sky as the UFO flies over and spits out those, uh, those soldiers that got tossed inside by accident. They don't pooped out soldiers. That's right. Luckily, he just goes full plastic man and sort of extends his arms and legs to catch these soldiers so that they land harmlessly. I mean, he's got to pay him back for all the mistakes Definitely, and Hunter, not to be outdone Pulls out his pistol, fires one shot And just fucks this UFO right up <laughs> Makes him get crashed what? down yeah. into the land This makes sense Must have hit a vital part, I guess That's just how it goes He wonders what he's done Because, uh, you know, they did they, they didn't give the UFOs the alien They're probably destroying Salt Lake right now but the droid puts his hand on Hunter's shoulder, and suddenly he's able to communicate telepathically. Oh, mind meld! Yeah, he says that by destroying that shuttle, you remove the psychic block preventing me from communicating. The okay. threat to the cities of the, the threat to Salt Lake City is a bluff. They don't have the will or the power to carry out their ultimatum. Which is pretty interesting,
1: frankly. Uh, this is all so strange to me, man. I uh, what? Yeah.
0: The droid explains that, um, uh, um, or sorry, uh, Hunter radios Minsky, and the Colonel scrambles a squadron of jets. When they arrive over the air in Salt Lake City, the uh, UFOs just turn tail and flee. They can't handle the fight, You don't even want to deal with it. The droid— No match ex- for beings. Mm-mm. Or F-16s or whatever they've got here, I guess. Um, the android explains that many Earth operatives like him disagree with how the High Ones are attempting to destroy Earth's food supply and stuff. There must be instead a peaceful way that they could do it without wiping everybody out. I mean, start with that. You know, but as they sort of start to talk about it, suddenly a huge bright light appears over them. From the high one of the voice booms down from the heavens. You have been computed as a primary threat to our existence. Prepare for termination. Damn, All right. Yeah, he wonders if this is a cosmic joke and a simple answer as they both scream out in pain is no. (sighs) So they're just gonna... Pain zap them. Yeah, good times. Next time on Holocaust, 400 tons of plane falling out of the sky. None of this makes sense, Conrad. It's fine. I mean, I don't know what, you know, we're sort of basically learning. Yeah, psychic robots, aliens that are bluffing about their general power, but sort of seem to be technologically advanced. We are getting to a point where they're going to explain some stuff. Like we're sort of approaching info dump. In a holocaust, more information. Yeah, and then we finally have a uh, another Star Lord fact sheet for a Merca a ship, which is the Jeep of Star Lord's fleet. All right, buddy. That's what it says. The Merca's the Jeep. Jeep. I like these little dudes. Like, oh, look, I'm a little man. Man, I'm totally into this. Check out my new Jeep. I can't wait to get into this space Jeep. It's going to be awesome.
1: It's all-terrain, you know, four-wheel drive. I mean, if it flies, I guess it's naturally all-terrain, right? All-terrain all the time, baby. Fly over it. Definitely.
0: All right, Fox. We've reached the end of Star-Lord 18, and that means I got one question
1: for you. Uh Uh-oh. Your top and bottom blueprints. Tell them to me... Oh, I'm going to tell them to you. Holocaust bottom. Real mm-hmm. easy for me. I I mean, I could just be going insane. <sighs> uh, uh, yeah, it's just it, it doesn't seem to be making up its mind. Uh, I, It's not like I hate it. It's just it just keeps going on without too much for me to like latch on to. <laughs> you know?
0: There's a lot of weird um, stuff
1: going on in it, for sure. It's, yeah, it's kind of like reading a kid's like first story, you know. Mm <laughs> hmm. I like um, this compy steed, by the way, in these letter pages. Oh, that yeah. shit's acid, buddy. Be aware of it. That thing's rat. What it, it's ass. got an acid gun in its butt. We all see it. Oh. God damn. That's a <laughs> that's a rat ass horse, then. Absolutely. Uh, for top man mind wars, really digging it. I like nice. this uh I, I like this teleportation shit that she's got unlocked. Like that she crushes an entire palace with a giant orb spaceship. I like that, that she part crushes is very fun. the I mean, they try to split into all their little playset pieces, and then she's like, Nabro. bro. Uh, you know, just in general. And oh, yeah. And then, uh, of course, uh, shoulder dragon rips a dude's face off. Feeling what I'm looking it.
0: for. Klee Fang, my favorite. He's the Tiger Commander of, um,
1: of Mind oh, Wars, if you ask he me. He is the Tiger Commander. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Conrad, mm. I must know. Please, God, tell me. Top and bottom blueprints? Ooh, let's see.
0: I mean, obviously Holocaust is on the bottom. Whipping Boy, that's the answer. We do love ourselves a Whipping Boy. For top, ooh. Man, I do like this palace destruction and stuff in Mind Wars. That's pretty fun. It's a
1: strong move.
0: And... um. While I do kind of like the uh, quicksand stuff and then like the missile – the uh, the bomb baseball stuff in uh, in Robusters as well. And I think like – I don't know. I, I like Gibson's art in Strontium Dog, but this mm-hmm. stuff feels so conventionally super heroic that I think it, lo- it loses
1: something for me. Yeah, exactly. So, it feels just kind of real weird.
0: Yeah, so I think I'll join you – by saying that uh mind wars Solidarity. is my time. Yeah buddy listen we're reaching the final the final sprint so that means that our minds have to be perfectly in sync or something. Ah, well mind wars. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the Ooh. show. If you like what you're hearing, check out Space Spinner 2000. Can't stress it enough. Contact us at our email address. It's the name of the show at gmail.com. We're on the 2080 forums. We're on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, If you want to support us, listen. Patreon, give me money. (laughs) Do it. Come on. Hey, why not? Been up for 20 hours. I'll take five bucks. Like I think that's a decent trade. dancing for you like a monkey whatever else <laughs> Be
1: my ape
0: feel free to buy some collected edition of these comics as well I'm sure people would appreciate it and you know it's just fun to have your own copy of things I think that's cool come back next hour as Mind Wars goes through customs Robuster saves the day Strontium Dog goes underground and Holocaust learns the truth Ooh, it's info dump time oh man all right. I would normally end the feed after this one, but I think we're going to keep going. And until then, I'm Conrad. There, Fox, and we are the Space Spinner Star Lordathon. Keep watching the skies. Conrad. Oh, thanks, buddy.
3: No problem.